Hi, good morning. You're welcome to The Big Issue. Indeed, a happy new year to you. This is our first uh, program for the year, and we are very excited to be back uh, on your radios and on your screens. My name is Selom Adunu. This is The Big Issue. The show is live and interactive as always. You can join us via our WhatsApp line 0549-986-996, 0549-986-996, or 020-444-7033. We'll be happy to share your views with the rest of the world. The new year uh, started on quite an interesting note, opened with Doomsaw and now tax on your electricity, uh, a product or something we don't even have enough of. The reason why it has had to be uh, rationed, for the want of a better word, now you'll be paying some extra money on it for VAT. What is government's thinking about this particular tax? Does government think that the people are willing to be squeezed further for more money. Indeed, we are told that our tax to revenue, our tax to GDP ratio is not the best. We are one of the poor performers in that arena in the sub-region. And so government needs to rake up some monies to, or some revenue to ensure that we perform better. And indeed, we are in an IMF program and the IMF actually wants us to improve our tax to GDP ratio. Is this the best way government can raise money? And what does government think in the last year or two We've had huge increases on, 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 on uh, these utilities, I mean, uh, water and electricity. Now we have an automatic, you know, adjustment of a sort, which happens quarterly. What are the other parameters or indices in the economy, exchange rate, inflation, etc.? All these are not looking good and further putting pressure on the pockets of ordinary Ghanaians. Now we're going to contend with 15 or is it 22 percent? Uh, levy and VAT on electricity? What would be the effect on industry, on ordinary households, etc.? How should government look at it? Should government suspend it? Should government review it? What should government be doing? Uh, that is our discussion uh, today. Also, the Office of the Special Prosecutor has been doing some work. The MPP uh, goes to the polls on the 27th of January to elect uh, candidates for uh, its constituencies with sitting MPs. That obviously is a big one. Uh, one of the candidates for one of the constituencies, uh, the uh, boss of the NIEP, Eric Ofosun Kansa, uh, was arrested by the Office of the Special Prosecutor for alleged vote buying. Uh, it is appearing that he allegedly used uh, money belonging to the organization to uh, support his campaign. He has denied that, but we look at that. Is the OSP biting more than he can chew? Is it within his remit to do so. And indeed, Ghanaians have called for the need to probe sources of income of people who splash money around, maybe politicians and other persons. Is this the beginning of that? Uh, shouldn't Ghanaians really be supporting him? Others have said the style the OSP is using is not the best. What is your verdict? We will look at all of that uh, today. Um, I will take a short break. I will return, uh, introduce my guest, provide some updates and then we'll get a discussion underway. This is The Big Issue, your platform for incisive analysis and riveting conversation. Again, my name is Selom Adunu. We are live on our social platforms, or social media platforms, and we'll be right back to give you more. Don't go away. <music> 
Hi, you're welcome back to the big issue, 97.3 City FM, and um, on all our social media platforms as well. Um, this morning, we are looking at two key issues, um, Ghana's energy sector. The question is, um, has Doomso really returned? Uh, government says that they've made some $10 million payment to uh, WAPCO and a few other people, and so uh, supply of gas will now be uh, unimpeded. And what does that mean? This announcement was made the day before yesterday, and yesterday but as of yesterday and this morning of course there are some areas or many areas in the capital and other parts of the country which do not have power uh, is it a local problem a localized problem as they call it or is it part of the main problem that uh, we refer to as doom so which we have seen from the beginning of the year the ministry of of, of energy says that it has worked on that and so we should be having uninterrupted supply of power um, also in the same sector government is now imposing VAT on electricity is this a prudent thing to do given all the economic difficulties that people are facing you know there's been a DDEP people's investments have suffered inflation you know uh, was at 54 percent it's now easing down to around 23 percent um, exchange rates has not been very good it's been stabilized a bit and interest rates have been skyrocketing all of this in the context of the challenges that individuals are having in the economy now we're going to be uh, 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 slapped with some 15 percent on the con on, on electricity is this a prudent thing to do now that uh, we are facing difficulties or the government needs to raise revenue so anyhow it does it that is fine all of this also is in the context of the imf program we also look at uh, some mpp primaries news the case of uh, the office of the special prosecutor and uh, eric ofosin cancer who is the uh, naep boss niep boss he was arrested earlier in the week for allegedly vote buying the office of the special prosecutor says it has information that it's he, the gentleman in question, the candidate uses uh, the money for the organization to support or finance his campaign. Um, we've been calling for governments or for institutions to probe the sources of funding or income of some persons, politicians especially. Is this the beginning of that? And what do you think about it? MPP's director of communications has said that he, he wants a special prosecutor to work, but the approach he thinks should be refined. But do you think the same, or you think the Office of the Special Prosecutor is on the right path? Uh, we want to hear from you on our WhatsApp line 0549-986-996, and we'll be happy to share those views with the rest of the world. In the meantime, let me provide you some updates of um, our first story so that we get a discussion underway. Now, major parts of the Greater Accra and Ashanti regions have been experiencing long hours of erratic erratic power cuts, popularly known as Doomso. According to government through the um, Ministry of Energy, uh, it was a result of debt owed some power producers, notably the West Africa Gas Pipeline Company, WAPCO. In an interview with the Deputy <coughs> Minister for Energy, Andrew Japamesa, on the City Breakfast Show, um, he explained that government had settled part of its debt amounting to $10 million, reinforcing commitments to resolve the challenge of the power cuts. The Deputy Minister uh, uh, also assured Ghanaians that no power cuts um, 
will, will be occasioning the game as the matter has been 100% resolved. Meanwhile, in a press release issued by the government to the Ministry of Finance, uh, it has directed the implementation of VAT for electricity consumers who have exceeded their lifeline power consumption effective January 1. Uh, the Ghana Revenue Authority has thus uh, been asked to direct the electricity company of Ghana, the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, to impose the tax. By this, the incidence of the 15% VAT on electricity for consumers in the 31 to 300 tariff category will now be 161.6580 kilowatts uh, hour or per hour compared to the previous 140.5722 kilowatts uh, per hour. Uh, those within the 301 to 600 bracket will no longer pay 182 uh, pesos uh, for 182.4354 Ghana cities, uh, but rather uh, 2098007 uh, pesos per kilowatt hour. Consumers outside the 600 band will uh, also pay something else. Uh, the following report has more. The term Dumso, meaning on and off in the local parlance, gained popularity during the 2012 to 2016 John Mahama led administration due to intermittent power outages, causing significant financial losses and impacting the social economic discourse. In the 2016 electioneering, the energy sector, particularly electricity supply, became a central messaging point for the new patriotic party, NPP and the National Democratic Congress, NDC. Ghana is in reverse gear. We shall interrogate the issues. I'm Mr. Doomsday, they call me. Doomsday, they call me. Doomsday, they call me. Despite government rhetoric, Citizens remained concerned about resolving the crisis. In spite of touted solutions, communities and businesses still face unexpected blackouts. On January 10, areas like Weja, McCarthy Hill, Malam and Environs experienced unannounced darkness. Ben Kaiser, a printing press manager in Newtown, Accra, expressed frustration over the recent power outages, suggesting a load-shedding timetable to help adjust operations. The light just goes out unannounced and you have to meet deadlines with the kind of work we do. So it's really affecting us negatively. You know, it's, it's, it's piling a lot of pressure on us, a lot of pressure because we have a lot of jobs we have to print and it, 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 it's a problem. If they give us a shadow, then we'll know as in um, when to work, because we can work overnight. Our next stop at Alajo, a major commercial area, reviewed similar concerns from a coastal attendant. We are dealing with um, electricity over here. So when the office like this, it affects the whole business over here, especially the machine, because the machine we deal with, um, 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 it's, an, it's an electrical something. So when the office like this, it has to go defrost and on and starts. So immediately the office, it, 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 it affects the machine. So we have to call the engineer from wherever he is to come and take care of it. We are using two-phase. So it's Alajo and Mamobi. So when the office here, we have to switch it to Mamobi. 
by yesterday it was totally off. Some residents shared their discomfort to City News and supported calls for a load shedding timetable. From last week, we've been experiencing doing so, and then the condition here is very bad. Sometimes we are left to sleep in the heat, okay, for days, like two days before the light will come back again. And then some of us, too, you know, our skin reacts to the heat. Cussing, skin diseases like heat rashes and stars. And then some too, like some too. I think the other day, my soup got spoiled in the fridge. And then I had my neighbor to complaining that his fridge got spoiled because they were turning it on and off. I think at certain time they announced, they're telling us that um, the light will be going off in the morning and then it will come back in the evening around 11 p.m. Yeah, for that one, we're all aware that we won't be having light. Yesterday, for instance, about four times in a row, off, off, and then off, and on, and it takes time before it also comes back. Actually, I don't have a business, but uh, it seems the, the whole place becomes hot. Even the room temperature rises, you cannot even stay in your own room because the place is hot. Yesterday, for instance, my child was even sleeping. The, time the light went off. Before I realized, he came out of the room. I didn't know. I realized that the light was off. So I'm with, of the view that uh, at least a low shedding shadow should be brought out. So we know that maybe at this time you are off, at this time you are on. They know how to adjust and plan for your day's activities. Meanwhile, Deputy Energy Minister Andrew Ejapamesa disputing a return of Dumso disclosed a 10 million US dollars disbursement to APCO for gas supply restoration aiming to resolve power issues. The Dumso, as we, you and I know it, okay, was a power outage that stretched for in excess of three years. In fact, it was four years between 2012 and 2015, where because of some pipeline damage from Nigeria, the government at the time couldn't buy alternative liquid fuel to power our pump uh, largely. And so we slept in darkness for four years. Uh, what had happened over the past few days that some obligation owed by GMPC to WAPCO uh, was an issue. Uh, WAPCO threatened GMPC made some initial payments. It uh, wasn't satisfactory. Uh, we requested the Ministry of Finance to top up, uh, had to go through some approval process. And as of yesterday evening, uh, following uh, WAPCO's uh, withdrawal of their services, the Ministry of Finance has approved the sum of $10 million to pay for the part of, of, of that Hi, you're welcome back. So that was um, some report on the Dumso um, in Accra and parts of the Ashanti region. To help us with the discussion this morning uh, will be Kojo Poku, Executive Director, Institute for Energy Policies and Research. You remember him? Um, he was a flag bearer aspirant for the New Patriotic Party. But this morning, he's joining the discussion as a technocrat. But we'll, we'll get a few words from him as well. Um, Edward Bauer is MP for Bogu and a member of the Energy uh, Committee of Parliament. Alfred Thompson, member of the MPP Communications Team, former Deputy uh, Managing Director of NIB. Uh, Francis 
Timor boy, Timor. Francis Timor boy, who's a tax consultant, Franklin Kujo, as always, president of Imani Africa. These are my guests uh, for this morning. Gentlemen, you're welcome to the program. All right, so um, uh, let me start off with you, Bawa. Um, uh, of course, your side in Parliament has had cause to uh, raise the alarm that indeed Doomsaw is back. Uh, we did experience quite a number of erratic power outages, but the government has come out to say that that wasn't Doomsaw. So it was a little problem that they needed to solve and that that has been resolved. Indeed, uh, Deputy Energy Minister uh, Japan Mesa says that some money has been paid to APCO and now we'll have uninterrupted supply of power. Uh, can you tell us briefly what, in your view, you think the state of the energy sector is and whether, indeed, uh, we are back to the days of doomsday or not? Thank you very much. Uh, good morning uh, to my colleague, uh, analyst, and to yourself and your viewers. Um, Let me first apologize, apologize that um, I'm in up north and then the, the weather has taken a very you told on me, so I'm losing my voice. Mm. But I believe that uh, maybe I'll be audible enough for this discussion. Mm. We, we pray um, so. So, yeah, so let's, let's take it. So as to whether, what is the situation as we have it now? Simple and short. The sector is broke. That's all. That's the situation. And I'll explain to you in the course of my discussion. As we speak now, if, as at yesterday, if you look at our peak demand, which was 3,618. But the available capacity, that means the amount of power that we could supply, even if we, we decided that we're not going to have a reserve margin or a redundancy, was going to be 3,363. Uh, which means that on wet go, even without putting the redundancy there, that was roughly around almost 300 megawatts. If you are supposed to put a redundancy there, it means that you have a deficit of roughly around 500 megawatts. That has to be shared. And so that is the situation. Why are they shedding this uh, load as of now? It is because of the fact that government, or for that matter, the utilities are unable to pay for uh, the fuel that they use. And I'll explain to you. You see, I need to give you a background that it is important for everybody to realize that if you look at the variables that are used in calculating your end user tariff, that means the amount of money you pay per kilowatt hour, the variables include the price of fuel. Indeed, usually they have uh, different, you, you will see issues like the generating cost, the uh, administrative overhead cost, you have fuel, everything, those things, and they are all passed through. Uh, factors. So it means that if I were to go and buy power today for 100 Ghana cities, part of the 100 Ghana cities I'm buying, I am paying for the fuel that is being, uh, what they call it, used in generating the power. So it means that from where go, end users pay for the fuel. So the question then is, how come that if we pay for the fuel and on, days, on daily basis people buy power and people, uh, what they call it, uh, ETG has to take it and pay the various utilities. How come that we are unable to pay for the fuel? Because the money has been provided anyway by the end users. That's, the reason is simple. The reason is that ECG, as we stand now, is unable to always account for the power they buy and sell. So if you were to say, if ECG was supposed to, in a very perfect situation, so you have a situation where ECG will buy power for 100 Ghana CDs. 
The expectation is that even with the margins, the expectation is that at least ECG should be able to recover 100 Ghana CDs if, uh, what they call it, they sold the power. But if you look at ECG as we speak now, in terms of their losses, they are unable to account for a huge number of, uh, what they call it, power. Uh, i just give you just a scenario. As at March, as at March 2023, when ECG made a presentation to us about their situation, they gave us a scenario, a trend scenario from 2017 up to 2022. And it was so alarming if you look at the amounts of money ECG is unable to count for. So, for example, if you look, and usually when we are looking at the losses, the system losses, we are looking at technical losses, which is as a result of maybe the equipment, some of them may be obsolete. If you take the Northern Education Company, that's a NETCO, it may not necessarily even be the old uh, equipment, but because of the fact that their lines are long, so technical losses are enhanced because of the length of the, the wiring. Because you see that in terms of the residential areas and other things, they, they are very far apart, they are not very near. And the longer the, the, the transmitting lines, the, the higher the losses. So that would be the technical losses. Then you then have what we call commercial losses. This is just, uh, this is occasioned as a result of the fact that um, either people are stealing power or, or maybe basically people just use power and they don't pay for it. Or ECG is unable to collect them. So that's the commercial losses. If you combine these two factors, as at 2017, I'm just giving you a scenario for you to look. As at 2017, the technical and commercial losses that ECG incurred for 2017, it was 541,609,699.30. In 2018, it was 1,448,803,300. In 2019, it was 697,697,824,726.80. 48,278.58. In 2021, it was 2,255,226,000. Uh, sorry, uh, 255,226,826. And in 2022, it was 2,558,954.22. It gives you a very clear indication as to how the situation is. Now, anytime ECG has to, uh, what do you call it, uh, go for tariff review, there are always benchmarks that PURC will give them. You know that PURC first will look at the revenue requirement of ECG. And when they look at the revenue requirement of ECG, they then tell you that, look, as a benchmark, your losses should not go. For example, if you look at the PURC uh, benchmark they're giving to them for both technical and commercial losses. They are telling them that for, uh, what do you call it, uh, anything below 23%, it will be accommodated in the tariff. So it means that anything above 23%, it becomes a liability on the company. So if, for example, uh, ECG was, ECG, the benchmark 23, and ECG was making a loss of about 24, what it simply means is that for the 23% losses, you and I are paying for those losses. So ECG will only, in terms of their books, will only make, will account, the liability will just be the 1% that they will be dealing with. But you know something? 
The truth of the matter is that from 2020, I'm just using 2020, if you use from 2020 up to uh, 2022, because with, uh, we are yet to get the full picture of 2023, because we just ended the year. If you look at between 2020 uh, 20 to 2022, the system losses, you had a situation where ECG was making a loss of 26.20 in 2022, in 2020. In 2022, uh, 21, it increased to 29.31%. In 2022, it became 30.36%. Uh, it gives a fair idea that on a yearly basis, ECG is performing poorly in terms of their system loss. They are not improving, even though the uh, PRC charges them and gives them part of the money that we pay is also for investment. And the investment is to improve on your efficiency and other things. So even though we are paying for ECG to improve their investment, you then have a situation where they are unable to, what they call it, even improve, and that is becoming worse. And for just to give you a picture, using the 2022 figures, just using the 2022 figure, if ECG were supposed to even just improve their, their losses by just 1%, so assuming that in 2022, let's say 2023, if they are able to do around 29.63%, uh, what it will mean is that they will be making a gain of almost 100 million Ghana cities. That tells you how significant it is when you look at the challenges that they have. So because ECG is not able to account for these things, what then happens is that they are unable to pay the other players in the value chain. So they are unable to pay, for example, Greek. They are unable to pay VRA and the IPPs. They are unable to pay fuel suppliers. So, and even they are not able to pay for the current problem that we have, that has to do with WAPCO. They are unable to pay uh, fuel transporters because WAPCO transports or may transmits uh, gas from the east, uh, western part of Ghana to the eastern part, that's the eastern enclave, and that's around the Tema and East environs. Uh, so they are unable to do those things. A typical example, I just looked at the figures of Gridco. As of 31st December 2023, Gridco had invoiced ECG, a total of 1.4 billion Ghana cities. ECG was only able to pay 23% of that invoice. So it means that around 77% no, of what ECG was invoiced and money that are due to only Bitcoin, 77% of it they were not able to pay. So what it then tells you that Bitcoin itself, it will be unable to even run their own operations. The various utilities. The place that is more hit is uh, uh, Bui. Remember that Bui invoices ECG in dollars. And because they invoice them, because the reason why they invoice them in dollars is because we need to repay the loan that we took from China in the construction of the, uh, what they call it, the dam. And so they invoice them in dollars. Every time we invoice ECG, ECG is only able to meet around 18% of their total invoice. To the extent that in the last two months, we had to use bank overdraft to pay their workers. That's how bad it is. They had to use bank overdraft to pay their workers. So if you know what is the situation of the, uh, the energy sector, particularly at a time when, for since 2015 thereabout, when we introduced the Energy Sector Levy Act, that was bringing in money for us to retire our legacy debt and to ensure that we stop the hemorrhage and then make sure that the utilities become financially viable. The situation has become worse. 
after we have gone to take a, uh, we, we issued bonds to the tune of about $10 billion, we have rather made the situation worse. And so if you look at it from that angle, until we decide, we, we, we see how we, we resolve the issue of ECG, all the other players are going to suffer. But let me also correct something. You see, the deputy minister is indicating that the, one, one of the reasons why we are having this due to is because uh, GMPC could not pay for uh, some, uh, some uh, what do you call it, uh, work, and that's why the problem came. It's not true. GMPC, to look at the arrangement, it just had to do basically with the fact that ECG is the one that collects the money that includes the fuel component storage. Now, when the uh, fuel suppliers and uh, fuel supply, sorry, the fuel transporter Waco was going to have an agreement with ECG, Waco realized that ECG did not have very good financials. They could not rely on the balance sheet of ECG to be able to have any financial agreement with them, and so they needed a particular entity that was a bit financially healthy to serve as a guarantee to ECG, and that's how GMPC came in. So GMPC is just simply a guarantor to that. So the one Waco then sent the letter, their first letter they said, you remember we had this shortage, sorry, we had this uh, power, power uh, curtailment, I think a few months back. When Waco wrote the letter, they wrote directly to the guarantor because the person who was supposed to be paying the money was not paying. So they wrote to the guarantor and told the guarantor that, look, you owe me such amount of money. However, if you can pay just $8.6 million, I will, I, will, I will prevent the curtailment. GMPC decided that look, I will pay some small portion because the person I'm guaranteeing for is not even making an attempt to pay. Pay that particular amount. They wrote to ECG that ECG pay for your liabilities. ECG refused. They wrote to the Minister for Energy. The Minister of Energy did not respond to it. And that was how WAPCO cut it. Until they went and did that negotiation and from what Mesa, the Deputy Minister is saying, so they went again and paid some amount of money. They still have a particular portion to pay. Wapco is a company that has shareholders, including Ghana, and they have to account to their shareholders. And so, if at the end of the day, they are providing a service and you are not doing it. It is not like ECG that, or it's not like uh, VRA that you can fault them, even though they simply cannot run based on pure financial terms. They, they cannot run. For Wapco, as long as you do not pay them over a period of time, they will have to continue supplying. And so, a summary of what I've just said is that we are broke, and this is something that has been brought to us ourselves. We have created it ourselves. And the situation today is worse off than even in 2015 when we introduced the Energy Sector Levy Act. Mm, that, that's a very grim uh, picture you're, you're painting there. <laughs> so, if the situation today is worse than what we experienced in, in 2015, 2016, uh, but we've been told that the situation has been resolved now because some $10 million um, has been paid. Then the situation would have been solved now, from what we're hearing. And generally, as well, the situation has improved for some of the areas, even though a few places continue to suffer this erratic power supply. The situation has improved, but in 2015-2016, I mean, it lingered on for quite a long time before we saw a resolution of that. Look, you see... Uh, you need to know that the players within the sector is not just the fuel suppliers or maybe the transmitters of the fuel alone. No. As we speak now, based on the figures I gave you in terms of the losses, what it means is that you are going to have uh, shortage in capacity payments. So all the power... Now, this is just Wapco saying that, please, I do not want... Uh, I will not supply you power 
I'm not uh, oh, so the point you're making is that there is WAPCO, for example, the IPPs are there, there are other players as well. The IPPs, the IPPs are, the IPPs are there, it. other people, yes, who are still, who have not really pulled their trigger yet. And so if, I'm just trying to make the point to you that if you look at the situation, if, for example, you have a situation where just 2022 alone, your losses, you could not account for about 2 point something billion Ghana cities of the total amount of power that you bought. It means that you cannot pay the other uh, what you call, uh, 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 players within the sector. So those shortage in capacity payment, it's also the, you, you recall that when the Minister of Finance came to Parliament, and then as part of his changer, you remember the changer motion, that was brought to parliament. He indicated that, look, out of the 17.31 yeah, 17 billion that he paid, out of that 10.1 billion was paid because, uh, for shortage in capacity payments and poor. And these are things that you and I have already paid for. So consistently, government has to look for billions and billions to resolve those issues. The fact that we still have power on, the question you ask yourself is, at what cost? And when the players start pulling the plugs, we will be in serious trouble. Mm. I see. Uh, thanks so much. There. I'm just hanging there. Um, <clears throat> let me come to, to Kojo Poku, who, who also understands the sector uh, very, very well indeed. He's the executive director for the Institute for Energy Policies and, and Research. Uh, Kojo, you're welcome to the program. Right. I think this is one of the very first times we've seen you after yes. your, 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 uh, your running for the flag bearership yes. of the MPP. How was that contest really? I mean, um, very enlightening, very eye-opening, very informative. Mm -hmm. I think, um, as my uncle told me, Kojo, if you're nothing at all, you get to travel around the country and meet the people that one day you want to govern. Mm. I think when we sit in Accra, uh, in the Kumasi, we are urban dwellers and we're in a small bubble. Traveling around the country three times, I've opened my eyes to the plight of a lot of people. Mm. I've visited homes and met people that otherwise I wouldn't have. So it was a very good experience and I think I cherish it very much. We've always known you as an energy sector person. I didn't know that you, you nursed an ambition to be president. How long ago did you have that? I've always had that leadership ambition that if I want to do something, it would have to be in a certain leadership role. Mm. A lot of people have always asked me, why not go through the parliamentary route? Mm. I don't believe in that route. Mm. Um, parliamentary system in Ghana is heavily whipped, mm. okay? And I don't want to go into a system that is heavily whipped. Mm. And I, because of the way I espouse my opinions and the way I see things, if I'm to go into the parliamentary setup, they'll beat me up. Okay, because I don't think everything should be whipped. We should have the UK system where there are backbenchers and people can be allowed a free vote. We don't do that in Ghana. But if you get into that system and change it? Oh. Well, I, no, that's the point. It will take me, if I get into the presidential system, then I can change it because we are rising. We are like the presidential system somewhat too is, is whipped because the party has its framework you must play within. In fact, we, we've, we've, we've... But the we've party said, system is different from the government system. So the party we, the has its system. You there. The party will put you I agree. So if you want to change a lot of things... to the party, because you may want to do something. For example, Nanado wanted to uh, build a declaration of assets thing, very public and all of that. But when he came in, I said people said, no, you can't do it. This because he didn't want to do it. As an executive, as an executive president, you do, if you but want to do it. Next time, if you don't do it. Well, my brother, it, it is, I, I was running to be a four-year term president. I didn't intend to look after. After my four years, what I have done, people will clap and then they'll give me another four years. Really? We, uh, four years. Well, that is what you're given. Mm. That is what you're given. It is based on what Ghanaians think that you give it under four term. People tend to go into presidency and start looking at the second term. So instead of running the country, you're already running politics. That is not how you, run, you govern. 
when you are governed, you are putting in there as a president for everybody. So run the four years. After you have governed well, then everybody will say, ah, he's a good president, let's give him another four years. But immediately people are running, even before they get in, they are thinking about eight-year terms, so their decisions are skewed towards politics. I don't believe in those systems. One of the reasons I run was that I believe in a lot of changes. I think a lot of things should change. The foundation of our politics should change. The constitution should change. The way parliament is set up, a lot of things should change. Because fundamentally, Ghana has not been allowed to grow. Right from independence, the colonial, we came into Kwame Nkrumah, he, didn't, he wasn't there to change a lot. Today, most of our laws are NRC and AFRC. But, but it doesn't matter. I mean, no, it does. It, it no, really it, does. The, the, so, so, for example, the, the, the Evidence Act, for example, is an uh, NRC decree or act. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the principles in there are mm -hmm. correct. No, the, 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 if you go wait, to interrogate wait, it by wait, now, wait, I'll wait, give you an example. Your, rent, a, your it, rent act is what? Wait, it's, it's 1960, all right? The Why should our rent act be No, but if, if there are changes to be made, uh -huh. those changes parliament will make. And you, the, the rent, there's a rent bill uh -huh. before parliament. Parliament uh -huh. is looking at. So some of the old laws uh -huh. are, are good. Mm -hmm. You know, if they have to be amended, Parliament will do that. Not or, necessarily. Or the executive they would, but are they do doing? What I'm saying to you is that as we sit here... So, so, so the fact that some of our laws are AFRC, NRC, NRC, they don't really, or it doesn't really matter. No, what, 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 what I'm saying is that, is that if you Parliament go and interrogate should be, it... should be willing, or the executive president should be willing to table an amendment. These days, private members, but the president says he won't assent to it. Right. I mean, the president should be able to table an amendment if that becomes important. So I don't really, you can talk about the constitution, but these other acts of or other laws may be necessary. I'm sure later you have. No, that's fine. But my point I'm making that you're not allowing me to make is that fundamentally, mm. if you are to go and look at our old laws, mm. they existed in a certain domain, in a certain time of age. Mm. 2023, see, Ghana will not aspire. One of the things that I keep saying is that we shouldn't do things today for today. Mm. We should do things today for the next 50 years. Mm. Our laws, which are NRC, which was done in 1960, is it fit for the next 60 years? And mm. it's no. Mm. So my question is, we should look at most of our laws in our books to bring them to current age for the next 60 years. Yes, I'm saying that they are, they are doing that. And in fact, the well, constitution well, itself, and that those are one of the things that yeah, I want the to constitution itself in, has mm -hmm. a place for what we call, we call this one existing laws. Mm -hmm. Article 11 of the constitution has a place for existing laws. Mm -hmm. You can't just change all the laws at once. Those ones which are inconsistent with the basic law, which is the constitution, mm -hmm. you, you, you can go to Supreme Court for a judicial review. It will be dealt with like a lot of other people have done. So those existing laws, I, I don't really think we have a lot. We can talk about the constitution and how much power it gives a president, etc. But, but that's fine. I mean, so I'm sure one of the things you also saw was how uh, money influenced politics going around. Because fine message you have, but the people didn't buy into your message. Well, you I know? don't think it was money that influences. Look, mm -hmm. politics is about money. Mm -hmm. Look, in the United States, if you don't fundraise to a certain amount, you don't even get into the contest. Mm -hmm. the, when you see them on the podium doing the, um, the, the debates, your presence in a debate is d determined by how much fundraise you, they set a bar for fundraise. So money across the world influences politics. Mm. It's not only in Ghana. You need to move around the country. You need to show that you have logistics. That if you're yeah, giving so the money, are, to, let me learn. No, mm. it's not. You need money to be able to do politics. But you don't need money to buy votes. Do you? Nobody buy votes. Who, who, who do you know has bought votes? Do, mm. you, do you have evidence to go and give it to the authority that he bought votes? There are a number of people. No, there are speculations. That. Nobody no, has no, no, evidence. But, but, but we have evidence, really. People giving in the authority wait, wait, to prosecute in, in the last In the last primaries, of course, you, you, the, the system must, you must go through the system to be pronounced guilty, etc. But in the last primaries of the NPP, for example, 
we saw people, you know, showing cash, 3,000, 4,000, as what they got from the process. And it was, it was on the spot. Not just one, a well, lot of them. I don't know about yeah, so, so, you're telling so me that I, I know about it. It was I, on TV. Well, well, that's fine. And but, then, special but, then, you know, that. Well, that's but because fine. it has not been adjudicated upon, we well, can only treat for it what as, you ask about as, my experience. As, as my experience right, is yes. that nobody buys votes. Okay. My experience is that you need money for politics. Mm. It's a simple thing. Logistics. You have mm. to move around the country. Mm. Look, there are two things. There are 275 constituencies. Mm. When we are doing the superdelegate, which I was involved in, you need to go to the regional capital and in some instances, ask the constituency chairman to meet you at the regional capital. Mm. Some have to travel three, four hours to come to the regional capital. So it only makes sense that you pay So it only makes sense that if that person comes to the regional capital from his constituency to mm. meet you, mm. you pay his transportation to go back. Yeah. That's not vote buying. Mm. If you don't want him to come, go to him. It will mm. cost you more. So those things are logistics. It's not vote buying. But the payment you make for that should be within a certain reasonable well, context. Well, that is what it is. But reasonable is determined by an individual. I have money and my reasonable might not be your reasonable. No, so, but we have the objective man. Well, that's fine. But it's potato, potatoes. Let's not argue on that. But, but my, there's objective man. For example, if I took a car from Circle to this place, maybe 10 cities, and you are giving me 500 cities for Circle to Tessano, I mean, that is not reasonable. Well, it, that's it, what I'm saying. Reasonable is we are really getting well, into the yeah, rim of... Very well. You understand? It, it you so, at least, exactly. Mm. So, the point I'm making is that you need money. Mm. And I have basically gone in there. I, a bit naive, thought that, look, Kujo has the best message. And today, they will tell you that all the people that went around, Kujo people had the best message. Mm. But there were a lot of factors that they said, look, you are young. We need to groom you. For this contest, let's consider a few people that we think that have been around and served more than you have served. Mm. I accept it in grace. And I have basically learned a lot. I don't think that, as you said, um, in, if I go around the system again and I'm supposed to give it a chance, I think I'll do things a slightly a bit different and be able to now play my cards right than I did the first time. So, so how does the future look for you? Very bright. I mean, I'm, well, I was the youngest. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll be 50 this year. Mm -hmm. um, I think for nothing at all, there is a lot more years ahead of me. I know that if God gives me, look, so my, uncle, my, my uncle Jay is, what, 85, mm. and he looks very good, very sound, everything is well, eyes, ears, everything, right? If God gives me that 85, I have another, what, 35 very well. years ahead of me, so I'll probably be president and be around for a very long time. <laughs> very well, that, that's, that, that, that's nice. So, yeah, so let, let's get back to the subject. I mean, we have to do this because it's one of the first times it's, 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 it's been out again after that contest, but it's on this panel as an energy person. So, yeah, so Edward Bauer has given us... Um, a comprehensive review of the mm -hmm. system as he sees it. Well, what's your verdict on well, Ghana's energy look, sector? The energy sector being broke is mm. not news. Mm. Okay? Um, we all, as energy analysts, have always said that we need to move ECG from where it is, state control, to a private sector participation. Mm -hmm. We had a go at it with PDS. It didn't work so well, it came back. The value chain is indebted, it's mm. nothing new. Mm. Um, we ring friends that to Ministry of Finance during the PDS era, and in terms of how efficient that system can run, some of us have espoused um, ideas many times with um, boundary metering mm. and all that. Um, aside doing the PSP, 
you can also do the third last mile concession mm -hmm. where you give where the metering is, which is from the pool to your house. You give that to multiple concessions for companies to manage that, provide a customer service, and you meter that concession. So if ECG sells power of 10 cities to the, this concession here, ECG wants 10 cities back, no qualms, nothing else. Mm -hmm. We've espoused those ideas, but those are not being done. I hear that, that bundling, the bundling metering is ongoing. But the issue that when people come and say, look, the system is broke, it's been broke from day one. Mm -hmm. he, made some, he made a point, and he said that when uh, Wapko wanted to sign an agreement with ECG, Wapko didn't sign with ECG because ECG's books were not good. When was that? It was during their time. The system, ECG, was broke. Mm -hmm. What has happened recently, and some of us, we engage Wapko, we engage ECG, we engage all these people. For ECG in particular, um, I am part of a group called Coseca. Okay, we engage ECG two, three times a year in forums to see their books and what they're doing. Unlike the past when ECG was only making some like 400 million Ghana cities a year, today ECG's revenue is up between 1.2 billion a, year, a month. Mm -hmm. Sorry, 400 million a month is now up to 1.2 billion a month. Mm -hmm. The MD of ECG today, because of the computerization and then some work that they have done, he can sit, he has a dashboard, he can tell in real time revenues in districts and regions and stuff like that, and he can see the revenue coming to in. So there's a lot that is ongoing. The point is that other factors now come in. When we talk about the recent issue, which mm. has now occasioned this discussion, WAPCO sent a letter to GMPC. This wasn't the first time. It happened in October. Mm. And some of us came and said that, look, I think government should pay ECG through the cash waterfall should pay WAPCO directly. Mm. Because when the money goes to ECG, it gets entangled in their internal processes and doesn't go to WAPCO the way it's supposed to. There was a sit down, WAPCO demanded their pound of flesh. That did not happen. Then, in first week of December, a letter was sent from WAPCO to GMPC. GMPC attached that letter and put a letter on top <coughs> and sent it to uh, Electricity Company of Ghana, ECG. That look, there's a 19 million dollar indebtedness, please pay us or 2nd of January, we will basically disconnect mm. our pipeline. There was no engagement. After that letter was sent to all WAPCO wanted was an engagement mm -hmm. with GMPC to sit and find out that when can we get the money. But why, why wasn't that engagement? Well, that's something you have to ask GMPC, why there was no engagement. Immediately, ECG got that letter. You see, there is in old indebtedness and there's current indebtedness. The cash waterfall only addresses the monthly indebted. Mm. So if the cash waterfall, let's say, receives $1 billion this month, it can only pay the bills accrued this month. Yes, leaving the old Leaving ones. the old ones. The old ones, you now have to discuss it with ECG and Ministry of Finance and PULC to find out how is that treated because obviously it cannot be addressed by the subsequent month of the cash waterfall. Mm. GMPC did not do that, okay? But you see, I have a problem with GMPC. GMPC is our national oil company. They have money. Mm. Not for nothing at all. They have the GOHL money. Mm. Okay? The 7% Anadaku shares that we bought. That account receives about $70 million every lifting. So as we speak, they have paid back the $164 million loan that Ministry of Finance yeah. gave to GMPC, and they have about $364 million sitting in their account. Mm. PIAC reported it in their report. 
So GMPC is sitting on money. So are you making the point that because GMPC is sitting on money, it should use its money to pay for Well, to it's pay for our them. money. It's Ghanaian's no, I mean, yeah, money. Yes, yeah, so, if, so would you ECG. rather we, we, sleep, we sleep in that? No, but, but they also have other things they are doing. That. Don't yes, have but one of the, what, what my point is that in the value chain, mm. if everybody says that my internal fund is mine, I have other things I'm going to do, then Benasante at Ghana Gas can decide that, look, I'm indebted, I'm old, so I have other things I need to do, so I won't send the gas. Then we'll be in darkness. Mm. That's my problem. So the president, for me, and I have said this publicly, should look at some of these CEOs who are not doing what they're supposed to do. And every time we've been in darkness, the CEO of GMPC is not in the country. The mm. October, he was in the country. This one, he wasn't in the country. And I'm saying it publicly, and I'm challenging him to come out and prove otherwise. So the fact that he was in the country means what? Well, the fact that the country because is that if he was on the seat, Okay. If, if, if somebody sent you, if somebody sent you, if somebody sent you a letter mm. that I'm going to shut my pipeline by January second, and you don't attend to it, and mm. the pipeline actually gets shut, mm -hmm. if I'm the president, I'll sack you. Mm -hmm. Simple. But he's opposed. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is that there is challenges in the value chain. The indebtedness has always been there. But what are we trying to achieve as a sector? The CEOs and the state-owned enterprises should be up and doing. We keep saying that ECG doesn't collect enough money. ECG is one of the biggest complaints to the sector as CSOs is that VRA is poaching their big customers. Mm. Where they have bulk customers who are big players and big ticket money to ECG, which comes to the cash waterfall, VRA is poaching them. Mm. The money VRA makes, where does it go? It doesn't come into the cash waterfall. Mm. So the cash waterfall is dwindling. Where does it go? It goes to VRE. It stays with VRE. If VRE sells to Newmont and all these companies, it stays and they export to Benin and Togo. It stays with VRE. Mm. Whilst ECG collects money, it comes in the cash waterfall to pay the value chain, including VRE. So we need to address the sector. And that is where some of us are calling for a big review of the sector. One. Take ECG to the private participation that we've been talking about. Two, have a look at the CEOs in the various sectors that are not up and doing and would rather let Ghanaians be in darkness than use, utilize funds available to them. Remove them. If not, Ghanaians will ask for their pound of flesh. Mm. You saw the interviews going around where people are complaining. Should it be the case? No, it shouldn't be. So what Mr. Bawa said, partly with the, the losses, okay? He talks about the 23% loss allowed. But ECG has 19% commercial losses and 10% technical losses, mm -hmm. which makes it 29% as he mentioned. PLC only allowed 23% within the tariffs that me and you pay. So 6% is basically going to lose, mm -hmm. uh, being lost. But the issue is that for the 10% technical losses, you need to invest in new machinery. You need to buy new equipment to which get ECG rid of Which ECG doesn't to. have the funds to Very do. Well. Uh, uh, this is a big issue on 97.3 City. If we're looking at Ghana's energy sector, whether well, Doomso has returned. Later on in the bullet, in the, in the discussion, we will look at the uh, government's imposition of, uh, or is it the implementation of the VAT on electricity? And we're asking whether it's a prudent thing to do. I'll take a short break. When I return, we will speak to uh, uh, Alfred Thompson and we will speak to uh, Francis Timor and then Franklin Kujo. 
then the discussion, of course, the discussion will go on. Uh, I'll be right back. Don't go away. <laughs> All right, you're welcome back. A very uh, warm welcome to our TV guests, TV uh, viewers, and uh, uh, Happy New Year to everybody. This morning, we are looking at um, uh, two key issues, Ghana's energy sector. We are asking whether Doomso has returned, uh, and Ghana's, I mean, government's implementation of the uh, VAT on electricity, whether it's a prudent thing to do at this time. It's been on the books for a long time. Why are we deciding to implement it at this time of economic uh, difficulties or hardship? Can't, or couldn't the government have waited or done something else? People are struggling, and we are going to uh, impose a 15% or 22% tax extra on them. Uh, many people think that it's not the right time to do so. It is not prudent in the context of the economic uh, challenges and difficulties we are having. Um, also, we'll look at the matter of the MPP primaries, uh, the matter of alleged vote buying and the OSP's arrest of the NIEP, NEIP boss, um, Eric um, Fosun Kansa. Um, we'll look at all of that uh, um, this morning. We've been discussing the Doomsaw matter, and Edward Bauer, who is one of my guests, member of parliament for Bongo and a member of the Energy Committee of Parliament, uh, made quite a number of points. A major one amongst them is that the sector is broke. Uh, Kojo Poku, um, who uh, is executive director of the Institute for Energy Policies and Research, says the sector being broke is no news. The sector has been broke since, and that shouldn't be any news. Um, uh, Francis Timoboy is another guest of mine who will speak soon. And uh, Franklin Kujo um, is also my guest who will speak uh, pretty soon. So um, let me come to Francis. I mean, um, you've listened to the discussion. Um, in, in this discussion, of you're a tax person, the Doomsaw, I mean, first of all, what, what's your thinking around the sector and what we've experienced in the last few days? Government says it's not Doomsaw. Opposition says it's Doomsaw. I don't know where you ordinary people stand. Salam, <laughs> it's quite unfortunate in 2024, we are still battling with the concept called Doomsaw. Um, because um, when it started some years ago, we thought that with all the policies and the innovations, we should have been able to solve them by now. I mean, we've seen the national energy policy go to a point we said energy sector levy, where all of us started paying. And so the idea was that having been in, 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 in force for such a long time, we should have been able to raise money to deal with the issues. We're now dealing with automatic adjustment. So it doesn't look like we, we have a solution. And in a developing country like ours, where power is needed to be able to you know, power industries, we, we're still struggling. It's, it's quite unfortunate. And so when the government says, OK, we now want to implement a VAT, I see it as one of those you know, short-term measures to try to see if it's all. Short term. Bring, I, I call it short term because energy sector has not delivered the solution we needed. Mm. If it's it's if it was supposed to, I mean the, the object of the of the law was let's collect taxes from everybody. Mm. Then we'll be able to use it to defray. Yes, Honourable uh, Bauer has outlined the challenges that we have. Uh, so much debt, and we are told that there's that production cost and revenue mismatch. So there's always some debt in between. So we need to pay for it. So if the energy sector was supposed to you know, help us raise some money to deal with such matters, then I think it's quite overdue. We should have been able to deal with it. Mm. But again, it didn't work. Automatic adjustment, we don't know how it's going to do. And now we are talking about charging consumers of 
household electricity mm. with VAT. And for me, it's, it, it, it's a concern. Mm. And Anyhow, the debt, the, the, the debt must be paid. But, I mean, Bauer and uh, Kujopoku mentioned technical losses and commercial losses. The uh, main issue with technical losses is that the machines or the, the machines used are a bit obsolete and they need to be changed, etc. The sector obviously needs some investment to, to change things so that the machines can run more efficiently, so that perhaps we can deal with some of the, 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 the technical losses. So, so this I'm, money must come from somewhere. So a technical loss maybe is understandable. I'm, I, I'm expecting that the technical guy should be able to find a solution to that. Things like commercial loss. How long are you going to sit with commercial loss? Theft. So if you are someone is stealing your, your goods mm. or someone is stealing and you, do, you don't find you don't have a solution to find. But, but it's not just is it the ECG that can solve that? I mean, the local assembly. I mean, it's, it's a lot of things. Somebody is in some chaos somewhere. I mean, the place is very inaccessible, it, you know, but the person has found a way of, of tapping power to use and a whole lot. Even some institutions like hospitals, um, schools, etc. They use power. But these days you can't really disconnect them. All, all these are losses that they, they incur, but you can't really recoup them. I, I don't know how. That's fine, so long. and this thing has gone on for a very long mm -hmm. time. Ghana is not the only country using electricity. Mm -hmm. We have other countries. So does it mean that other countries have not find a sol found a solution to this problem? So yes, we put all the problem and go and dump it at the doorstep of ECG. It's an institution that should find a solution to the problems. Otherwise, no matter how, let the IMF come and give you all their money. Mm -hmm. As long as it's going into the drain, you can't solve the problem. And so, for me, when this VAT was announced, it, it's still not going to solve our problem. I see. Great. Uh, um, Franklin, um, I guess we've been listening to the discussion. Doom's uh, not back. It's not back. I mean, we've paid WAPCO. The sector is broke indeed. Uh, okay, so, so I understand how Franklin, uh, Franklin will come back. Um, Alfred, so, I mean, you've listened to the discussion. It, it, it appears we, we are not out of the woods. The minister said... I said they've paid WAPCO, but from what we've heard from Kojo and, and Bauer, it is not just WAPCO. There are other players in the sector who are also owed. They've not just pulled their trigger. Um, towards the latter part of last year, we saw the IPPs trying to do a similar thing. This is something that somebody also issued a statement saying they were going to shut their plant. You know, uh, in, a, in a few few minutes afterwards, another statement came saying that they had been spoken to engagement, and so they didn't get to shut their plants. A lot of players in the sector are owed. How is government hoping to deal with this in an efficient manner? Thank you, Salama. Good morning to you. Happy New Year to you, to Kojo, to my brother, and everyone listening to us. <coughs> Having been here since New Year, so yes, yes, it's yes, best yes. to wish them Happy New Year, and I wish them a year full of possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to happen, and once you are hopeful, once you are graceful, once you have the mind to do anything, anything is possible for you. So mm -hmm. I'll tell them that this year, Dr. Mahmoud Bahamaya has told us that it's a year of possibilities. When you wake up, put it in your mind, have it in your mind, state it in your mind mm -hmm. that it is possible yeah. and you can make so it Muhammad possible. So put it in his mind that it is possible? Oh yes, he's put it in his mind that it is possible so that possible he can never he can never come no, back to power as a president. It's, it's, it's and so power, I believe yeah. that it is possible. <laughs> I will. I'm, I'm stating as I'm, where, from where I'm coming from. <laughs> Now, when you look at, um, when you listen to Honorable Bauer, I was glad he went through all those um, debts and crises and energy and everything. One thing we have done as a government, has we've come out clearly to state that what happened in the last few days was about 
financial. We've admitted it. You heard Kujo himself. You heard even Bawa himself stating that it's money issues. We didn't state that, oh, there, there, there are some issues and it's not true that it's money issues. Back in the days, when you ask the external government, NDC government, and you tell them that it was financial issues, they said no. It wasn't. But it ended up showing us that it was financial issues. So it tells us clearly the difference between the two governments. Speak the truth, tell Ghanaians what is happening. That yes, we had financial handicaps or um, hiccups somewhere, and now we've solved it. But it was it's financial. That's how come they brought the S line, all of that, to, to help deal with the problems oh. of the sector. It was, it was now, when, when he the started, you remember Pierre Frank Laporte? Mm. When he started talking about all this, I just Googled what he said about all this debt that we've gone into. And he was talking about the mere fact that during the Estual NDC times, bad power purchase agreements had been signed and it saddled the nations with huge debts. Mm. In 2017 alone, when you go down, it says the but finance I, minister I has so far some of those. As the finance minister has so far paid over 12 billion Ghana cities as cost of excess energy capacity charged mm. inherited since 2017. So it tells you that there are certain things that were done wrong. That was why we said we are going to renegotiate some of them. Because you can't sit down and be paying 12, bi um, 12 billion Ghana cities every now and then and be paying for something you are not even using. These are the challenges the government of MPP under Nanado Dankwe Kufado came to face. Mm. But we will not complain about it. We have to work out to make sure that Ghanaians do not suffer. That little thing that they saw the, those last three days, imagine that coming back to us. Mm. Because the coming back of the NDC is the coming back of that thing. Are you sure? But this is not, this oh, is not NDC. But I'm it. giving you an insight that they should remember mm. some few years ago, about eight years ago or so, what they went through. Mm. Three days or so of the little light of, and this is not this is not like this is not like the light of that went out in 2016, 2015. No, people have it could go for three days. It could go for three days, four days, and you have light for just one hour. Then shrimp, it goes off again. Are you sure? Oh yes. Oh, you you were not in the country. No, I was very much in the country. You didn't experience that. I did, but, but not in the not, not in the in the form you are talking about. It went three four days. Some people had hour. some people did not even have lights for a week in those days. No, maybe they, they and they were complaining. That was when they were talking about Doomso. And you remember what he himself said. I'm now called Mr. Doomso. In your own destiny that you are playing, he said it. That I'm now called Mr. He was proud about it. That really? is called Mr. Doomso. But if you are saying that but I'm not called it. Mr. Doomso, solved, solved what? He said he solved it. I mean, the, 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 I can go to Ofosu Ampofo. I can go to Ofosu Ampofo. The, 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 the agreement the, signed and all of that. In 2017. We're what meant to solve it. I can go to Ofosu Ampofo in 2017, what he said. He said that if Mahama, if Mahama had been given a second time, a second time to come, he would have solved the Doomso. But when we came, when time, we came in, in, in 2016, in, in the statement he issued before mm -hmm. he resigned, mm -hmm. he made a point that it had been solved, and indeed it it was solved. Oh, they, but they, when you listen to the prime minister they, at that time, which they, they, prime minister are you talking about? That, that's called Nadonko. And when you listen, when you listen to, before he resigned, he said he resigned himself because he couldn't. Yes, yes, yeah. So if he resigned because he couldn't solve the problem, solved the body. No, how can you solve? How can you solve the problem and work out? We can pull out the statement he issued. Before he resigned, mm -hmm. he solved it, mm -hmm. but he, he he did so a little over one year. Also, what, what extra mm -hmm. was done after he left? Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 you know, the, the, you the, know, when we came, 
you talked about netco and the technical losses mm -hmm. you know we are changing most of the lines mm -hmm. that was when but we it's experienced something that is done periodically is it not which it periodically if, do if they had done it if they had done it and we had continued we wouldn't have been experiencing some of the challenges that you are having the technical losses mm -hmm. It's something that they didn't but, do. But the lines they had changed. the money for it, the but lines, they didn't do it. The lines have changed every now and then. So it's, the lines have been there forever. Listen, for you a long time, all at the for same a time. long time, it's not so, been so done. So you change them bit for by a bit. long time, it's not been done. We mm. came in and we are doing that. Mm. You see, it's not a matter of just bringing IPPs on and saying that oh, let's bring it on. Mm. How do we so, also so, care these so, losses so the, from that the technical, okay. from, from from the technical people, what Bauer and 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 Kojupoku have said, mm -hmm. that in the sector is not new. Mm -hmm. But I, I think when you mention doom so, mm -hmm. it invokes a certain feeling, emotions, mm -hmm. etc., mm -hmm. because of how you campaign against doom so. We didn't if, campaign if, against if, the Ghanaians. If, if Kojopoku and, and Bauer know mm -hmm. that debt, the debt has always existed, mm -hmm. it's always been a systemic mm -hmm. problem. Yeah. But you took advantage of it and dealt with it that way. Today, if we are feeling the same thing, which is supposed to be systemic, okay. something we are supposed to, which is, he said it's not new, mm -hmm. which is not supposed to be new. They, they also have a right to deal with it the way you dealt with it. Because when, when, you said that yes, it will not happen again. When, but we are seeing symptoms of it, okay. seeing the real problem when, showing up again. When we were campaigning in 2016, mm -hmm. we told Ghanaians that it wasn't an IPP problem that they are trying to sign people on, mm -hmm. but it was a financial problem. What did they tell us? They said it's not true. Mm. You heard it. He heard it. Everybody heard it. They told us that it, it's not true. They lied to Ghanaians. Mm. When these few challenges came in, and I'm glad, you know, when he was talking about the letter to ECG, um, Kojopuku has come out to say that, listen, the letter was not sent to the minister. It was from GMBC to ECG to pay up what they had to pay. And I don't remember anywhere that we've ever heard that um, Wapua said that, oh, they did not trust ECG, so they had to go to GMBC. Mm. That's no, never happened. If so but, but, but every that's, that, every that's, that's agreement, every agreement, financial agreement you sign, definitely there'll mm -hmm. be a guarantor. So if if the if the primary person you sign the agreement with mm -hmm. is unable to deal with it, you call you call on the, the and guarantor. a guarantor can tell you that come to me directly, mm -hmm. I'll pay everything, mm -hmm. and now I will pick up from the understand. Mm -hmm. It can also happen that mm -hmm. way. So I don't see where the challenges. Mm. GMPC, as he said, needed to pay. They didn't respond within a, a particular time. Because at least, out. at least, the best you could do was to write to them that, okay, we are working on your payment. We'll give mm. it to you ASAP or by this date. Then all these things could have been resolved. But it's happened. And we are stating to Ghanaians that it is not a doomsaw error and we will never let them go under that challenge in this country again. Mm. And that is why we are working assiduously to make sure that the lines are correct. That is why we are working assiduously to make sure that the um, losses that you are having have been reduced. And that is why today you say that Koju has told you that it's moved from 400 to 1.2 billion. We are going to make sure that we get all these collections and pay and make sure that Ghanaians enjoy what they have to enjoy. And we'll work in the interest of Ghanaians. Mm. We'll not work in the interest of going to bring on IPPs and make something out of it. That is not why we are there. Mm. That is not why we have voted into power. And we'll work and make sure that this challenge that they saw these last few days, they will not experience it next year. Mm. Because if you don't know and you go and vote for that wrong thing again, you have yourself to blame. Because they will come and you will tell you that, oh, it's a financial issue, or it's a technical challenge, or it's mm. this and it's that. Like uh, Honorable Bawa is saying nicely. And then they will take us to that era where they will bring more IPDs on, and it will be financial, and we'll go into a doomsday era. Mm. And but, we don't want to experience that. Mm. I don't think they were happy in, in the last few weeks what they saw 
or what they felt. And that was just an iota of what happened in 2016 mm. or 2015. In fact, uh, Mahama, in addressing uh, party supporters in, in, in Sugakofe, has said that... When was that? I mean, that, that, just a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, has said that government is playing politics with the power crisis, ostensibly to hand over the problem to the next administration, even though the same was resolved under his presidency. That's, that's what he said. So addressing stakeholders, uh, stakeholders meeting in Sugarco as part of a two-day tour, he indicated that the country is currently in a deeper mess that Ghanaians were made to believe. So why didn't he tell us that A, B, C, D is the mess? Department. I mean, no. The, when you come and you just brush or paint wash things, oh, because there's a three day or a problem within the last three no, or four days. days. I mean, for about two weeks. Oh, it wasn't three days. It was two weeks. I mean, oh, the light on and off was in. Oh, we are in Ghana. Oh, it was in Ghana. Unless did you experience no, it for two this weeks? Thing that everybody is pushing. Lights mm -hmm. have always gone. Gone. Yeah, but no. The point. No, is no, that, see, there's always what we are told is a local. It's a localized problem. That's fine. But but if it is due to the issues we are discussing. That, that is what we've known no, as when you, Well, we agree, but can, can I explain yeah. something? Doomsaw has always been what is mean load shedding. Yes. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough capacity to serve the nation, mm -hmm. so some will have light and some, some will not have light. Mm -hmm. That is load shedding. Mm -hmm. Doom so. If it's a technical problem, we, 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 can, we can understand it differently. Yes, right? but, the but, point, but, but the point is that to, to, when to you sit in a but, oh, but, 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 we sit in a locality mm -hmm. and your light goes off and immediately, hey, doom so. You don't pick up the phone to call ECG district office to find out why my light is off, right? I'll give you a typical example. I was in a locality where it was at night. I went through three towns, and the light in that area was off. And I'm like, ah, how can this area, three towns, light is off? Mm -hmm. So early morning, I called the district and said, ah, my brother, we have been through three towns in the night. The area doesn't have light. What's the problem? He said, oh, their budget for clearing the lines, they get one budget a year. So they've cleared the lines. Because there was heavy rains last year, the uh, branches and the bushes have grown up again. So the winds have disrupted the lines again. So they've not had the budget to go back and clear. I said, ah, so you are sitting there and you're not right to head office to request for extra budget. You understand? Now somebody is sitting there in that village saying it's doomed so. It's not. So my saying is that I'm not saying that we know of all the problems why at times light goes off. Yeah, but we are speaking in respect of this particular one. Which was the two days, the last week one. Yes. But that was for two days. Yeah. Mm. But you see, when, you see, in the conversation, I was on another platform before I got here. Mm. There is this pushing of a narrative that since December to now, mm. light has sporadically been going off and is doing no, so. No, because we've experienced that too. We've, we've experienced that. And a lot of people have complained about that. Right. And but, it's not just in one area. It's, it's I, across. I agree. Light goes off across the country. But my point is that have we ascertained when that light goes off? My, my, my concern that I, I'm trying to say is that I'm not absorbing the fact that it could be a technical problem where we are shedding load. I don't know. But everybody sits at home and the media light goes off. They don't call the ECG line. Mm. They completely assume that it's doom so. So that is my, where my education, small education for Ghanaians that mm. please don't just think that your light going off is doom so. Call the, if they don't know the ECG line for your district. Me, I mean, they don't know what district. Yesterday, I got home, one phase was off, okay? So I called the engineers that I know. They have now turned the engineer's number to a call center number. So when you call, somebody picks up and says, do do our fourth line, how can I help you? And I told the woman that, oh, my, I have a phase off. In less than 10 minutes, an engineer called me 
bad that ah, ah, you've reported that your face is off. I directed them into the area and they came to fix it. Because it's you. No. No, it's not no. How would they know it's me? When, how would a fault woman know it's me? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. No, it's not. No, no but the point, but, but, but you see. I call to you, but I don't get the same response. <laughs> Maybe the area you <laughs> live, they are not. No, I'm actually in the area. I'm actually in the in Dodoa. You come to Dodoa district. Yes. Maybe you don't have the same numbers I have, so I'll share my numbers with you. Okay, so share with you. So that's the privilege. All right, so this is this is the big issue on 97.3 City FM and also on City TV and a few other. On social media, X, Facebook, etc. We are happy to uh, receive comments from you. This one from Jones uh, Adubo in La says, Good morning, Salam. You see, when your mother is dead and you keep uh, lying to everybody she's sleeping, wait until uh, flies start to visit you. This government will defend everything, including the one that is obviously clear to everyone. Thank God uh, JDM has solved all the power problems. Just come and manage to, you can't. This government has totally run out of ideas. Uh, Ghanaians are not angry enough, you say. Uh, this one from Forsinacha says, Good morning, Salam. What is VAT? Value added tax, I guess. Um, if this is correct, what value has been added to the electricity <laughs> supply and consumption beyond, so, uh, the, the so, beyond the so determined lifeline for which VAT should be, uh, should be applicable? Um, this is not acceptable and should be stopped, uh, Forsin says. All right, so um, this, this is so given this VAT discussion, I mean, let's move into the, the, the VAT bit. Um, uh, Bauer's line is off, and Franklin Kujo's line is also off. We're working to get them back, and I'm sure Bauer will have a few things to say, same as uh, Franklin Kujo. But let, let, let's deal with this, um, this VAT matter. Um, people think that it is, the time is not appropriate for, for, for government to impose or implement this VAT thing. People are suffering. The, the conditions in the economy are just not right. Small businesses, businesses are suffering. Um, loans from banks in, attracting huge interest rates, exchange rate issues haven't really been, been correct. Um, a, a whole lot of things. Now we are going to be started with another thing, 15% or even more. People think it is not just the right thing to do. Um, Francis, I, I start off from you. Yeah. What's, what's your, I wanted to marry your technical view together with maybe your social experience. So, so, so you know, in respect of this, Okay. Uh, imposition or implementation of the tax. I'm being careful. Okay, so first of all, let's let's separate the mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. This is not an imposition, mm -hmm. or it's, an, it's not a new imposition. Mm -hmm. um, VAT, in principle, mm -hmm. applies to almost everything, mm -hmm. unless it is exempt. Mm -hmm. And the exempt, the law that brings the VAT will list it on mm -hmm. the schedule. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the schedule and you don't find the item there, then we say that mm -hmm. it is taxable. Mm -hmm. In Ghana, our principal VAT started in 1998. Mm. In the 1998 mm. law that Parliament passed mm. uh, at 5.46, mm. the um, electricity was made a taxable transaction. Mm -hmm. However, to take care of the very poor people, the law made it in such a way that the first um, units, mm. up to I think currently is around 30 kilowatts, mm -hmm. we describe them as lifeline. Yeah. So that lifeline, you don't pay VAT on it if it is for household consumption. For commercial people, they don't have any lifeline. Mm. So um, if you consume more than the lifeline, then the presumption is that you are possibly a wealthy household and therefore you should pay VAT on that. Mm. So since 98 all the way through 2013, the current uh, value-added tax that we have, mm. the law has been like that. And every time the minister determines the lifeline, 
there's not supposed to be VAT mm. on it. However, there has been an implementation problem. So while the law has imposed it, implementation was not forthcoming. And then, I mean, Lifeline was around five cities. Mm. Today, Lifeline is almost 64 cities. And 64 cities, I'm not sure any of us here, 64 cities can take you up to a month. So things have changed. And so people now consume 1,000, 1,005. Yet because of the failure of the implementation, the law was not, or the VAT was not applied to that excess consumption. So the government now says that all these years we've not been charging VAT on the excess consumption of household uh, you know, electricity. And therefore, let's go back to the law and see how we can apply it so that if Salon consumes, let's say, 1,000 cities for his household, the first lifeline, he may not be subject to VAT. And not only VAT. Remember, we have the COVID levy, which is 1%. We have the GET fund, and then and he'll put together is um, 5%. So in, in a nutshell, the effective rate is around 22%. So now government says, let's go back and implement the law, which has been in, in force since 1998. And those very poor household should continue to enjoy the exemption. The question then is, is it a matter that we put it on the law and we didn't want to implement it, or it was a matter of convenience? Let's not forget that commercial people, for them, they already pay. Today, if you, if you are you know, a manufacturer of something and you, you, you receive your bill, whether postpaid or whatever, the VAT is already and all the levies are included. So is it a matter of convenience? That is why we have failed to implement it all these years or we're trying to use it to solve some of the financial uh, challenges that we have in the system remember the revenue will go to government so if the revenue goes to government what it means is that you are going to pay more uh. though the tariff may remain the same but you're going to pay more people are arguing that yes the law is the law but the timing is wrong others are saying there's no need for you to have a law when you don't intend to implement it. Otherwise, go to parliament and scrap it. Because we have too many laws in this country which we are not you know, implementing it. So now let me talk like a, a consumer. I think the timing may not be right because what is lifeline in the past is no more a lifeline today. Those days, if you buy five cities, it can take you for some time. Now. The minimum you can buy should be around 60, 70 cities to just iron your dress and you know just put on the fan. The effect is that if people are going to pay more and it's due to the VAT, then we are rather going to increase the commercial losses. People will find ways to see whether they can tap in into the, the grid without paying for it. Because if I'm paying 500 now, I'm going to pay 22% more. That is going to be too much at a, at, a, at a time. Now, if people now find ways to steal power because of the high cost, and don't forget that automatic adjustment <coughs> is also there, which means that every time it's going to you know, recalibrate itself. So that is going to create some problem. If people now also go into power planning, which households cannot normally do, because even if industries are doing power planning by you know, doing batch production or making sure that they use their full capacity. In the house, I can do more power planning. 
if I used to use, uh, if I used to have an AC, I have to change it to fan. Mm. Maybe if I'm going to sleep, I'll put off the defreezer. Things that I have to use the microwave, I rather go and put it on the coal So all this power planning may affect the revenue of ECG. And let's not forget the last time I checked the composition of industry versus uh, household consumption. Households were about 52 percent of the power we produce in this country. And if 52 percent of your customers are going to plan, that may have a negative impact on your revenue. And again, you have already contracted with these power producers that I'm going to pay for the uh, available power, and you are not getting demand for it because people are either stealing or they are planning. Then in the share, you are going to lose. So it's going to have, you know, a rippling effect if we are not careful. In other and words, it may be counterproductive. It's, it's possible that the, there could the, be a counterproductive. The effect, perhaps, of the, the implementation is to help ECG raise more revenue. Correct. But because of the planning and other things you're talking about, it could become counterproductive. It could be. Leaving huge social costs government will have to even deal with. Exactly. And don't forget, even the industries are now doing power planning. Mm -hmm. Those who used to run their 24-hour uh, you know, plant now say let's go full capacity. So they produce all they need and then they shut down the plant. Mm. Meanwhile, the power is on the grid, you need someone to consume. Mm. At the end of the day, you intend to solve a problem <coughs> by rather creating another problem. So, in my view, I think that this is the main reason why over the years we've not been fully, uh, uh, you know, ready to implement the the the. the but but you think it's a good tax, nonetheless. For me, yes, it's, it's a good tax because this is not only in Ghana. You go to UK. But, but I see, the, the, this is, so in the UK, it's, it's, I think it's 5% or so. Correct. But we are saying it's 15 or even 22%, like you just said. And that is and, also and, another problem. Yes, and, and in the UK and other places, I think there's a distinction between industry Correct. And, and households. Correct. So 5% for households, industry and then is Then 21% about, for, for industries. But in our case, it is, it is flat across. And the, the effect on the, the individuals is, is massive. So, for example, in a compound house, mm -hmm. they have one meter, yeah. one one thousand. A lot of people there, <laughs> and these are the very poor people we are we are, we are trying to yeah. to protect. Call them lifeline people, but they don't get to benefit from the lifeline arrangement because they use one meter, and so they don't. The the system doesn't recognize that one meter as a lifeline meter, even yeah. though. The individuals per their very economic situation they have a will lifeline. be lifeline people. Yes. So they, they don't get to benefit. So this whole thing about lifeline doesn't really get down to the people just on paper. You are right. And the lifeline is too small mm. for me, in my view. And today, lifeline is around 64 cities. Mm. It's, it's no more a lifeline. And I agree with you. That's why there are proposals that why don't we now distinguish between household consumption and then industry in terms of the rate. We can't apply a standard rate across for everybody. We don't. Uh, in terms of the... In terms the of VAT. Okay. I'm talking about the VAT. So, for example, in UK, 5% for household consumption because it's so essential. You need the power for a lot of things. And then industries can now, you know, do the standard rate. So, why don't you go for, let's say, 5%? Make it flat for everybody. After all, they are your, your, your largest consumers. Mm. And then you have a standard rate for the, the industries. That may alleviate the, the hardship. And again, you have also introduced the automatic adjustment, mm -hmm. which is supposed to take care of the other variables. Mm -hmm. So if you don't combine a reduction <laughs> in the VAT rate and you are maintaining the automatic adjustment, at the end of the day, consumers are going to be overburdened. And then they will, they will take you know, strategies to you know, avoid paying the tax by... 
uh, you know, power theft. Then uh, ECG power crisis. Will, Very well. Will, will let, let, let me speak to Franklin Kuju. He's been on for a while. Hello, Franklin. You're, you're welcome to the program. I mean, uh, the first part of the discussion we have done, doom so or no doom so. A number of things have been said. Technical losses, commercial losses. Doom so, I mean, the debt is not... It's not new, like Kojopoku has said. Uh, now, dooms, I mean, uh, the, the issue of the VAT implementation now, I mean, the law has been there, but the implementation is now occurring. People think that it's not the right time to do so, and so it's not prudent to do, to, to do the implementation now. But government also needs revenue. I mean, tax to uh, GDP, it's, it's not the best, around 13.9 or 14.1%. We understand it's one of the, 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 the lowest in the sub-region. IMF wants us to improve that. So if this appears like a low-hanging fruit, why won't government go for it as it's doing now? Well, good morning to your good self and my good friends on the show. Um, you know, uh, maybe I need to uh, ask the question whether we truly tend the corner because it looks as if some political commentators are saying that we've turned the corner simply because some of the macroeconomic indicators, as we, as we know, seems to have been doing quite well. Inflation obviously leading the gun. But you see, when you give with one hand and then you take a, lot, a little more with the other hand, you haven't really turned the corner. Because clearly, the challenges that have stopped this economy are monumental, and we are not going to get out of them until probably 2028. I mean, I'm sure we all know this. So until there's this fundamental shift in the structure of the economy, which would mean that the productive elements of the economy are encouraged to produce without strain, um, straight coming from these mountains of taxes, you truly haven't really turned the corner. So please, uh, let me, let's put that out there clear. Because oh. some of the taxes are not going to start having their pernicious effect, really, as we all know. Um, it looks to me, though, I must, I must put this on record. I am pretty sure that the GRA would announce shortly that they probably have reached the 14% GDP, uh, tax to GDP, uh, mileage or figure that, 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 that I'm sure they will, uh, from very, very terrible information I have. Having said that, it's no excuse to keep mount, keep on piling a lot of taxes. I mean, I, someone shared to me, I think I've been looking at some of the data and it looks as if, but I've lost count of the number of taxes that we are dealing with right now. And it appears that when government needs extra money, uh, given where we are right now, then it means they have to squeeze a bit more. I mean, how much more can you squeeze from a very tired, tire, tiring or tired man, really? And, and I don't think it's good, it's helpful at all to the economy. So for me, it's, I mean, we can discuss the, the merit of the tax for it to be probably universal and maybe uh, prevents people from, as it were, uh, not paying the right tax. And indeed, I have heard a lot of the conversations concerning, uh, you know, separating residential users from industrial users. This is this, this not new. These are arguments or conversations that we've had since time immemorial. I, I suspect that politicians find a nice way of playing games with electricity, very productive things, the elements of the economy they play games with. You talk about this and they tell you that during the COVID crisis, you were given free power. Well, I, I never forced you to give me free power, and I knew it was not going to be free anyway. But if you calculate how much you even get taken back from that free uh, power that you gave me, it looks as if you've taken a lot more. You know, there's a saying that be careful, uh, be careful of the government that gives you what you want, because the government that gives you what you want, you virtually take back whatever he gives you anyway. 
So I am not in the least uh, happy that we are actually talking about this. And it appears to me that this is not going to be the end of the taxes. Don't be surprised if there's a supplementary budget at some point that the, the taxes were inside. But to think that you're an election, uh, I think it's important to be very, very, very careful how we want to deal with this economy. I pity the next president of this country uh, because what it means is that you're going to deal with these mountains of taxes and there'll be no briefing room at all, really. So it's not a question about government needs taxes. Question is, government needs uh, what's called, what are government's real needs? You recall not long ago, uh, myself, I was part of this uh, bondholders that uh -huh. we put together, and then the Ministry of Finance asked us to come up with uh, strategies we thought could help in uh -huh. rationalizing expenditure and, and indeed uh, sources of income. After sweating nights and day and doing that diligent work, Ask me where that paper is, right? We propose a number of interventions to reduce the hemorrhage that the government has actually been dealing with. We came out with a ballpark figure. We defended it. We co-signed with the Ministry of Finance. Of course, you said that it wasn't an official uh, declaration of whatever, but it was, a, it was a declaration of intent that, okay, we'll, 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 we'll stay by this particular plan. It's been thrown away. If you saw the budget of this year, or if you see the budget of this year, right, the Office of Government Machinery's budget has been ballooned by 100%. And that's not somebody who is poor. That's someone who is living like an Arabian prince, but in actual fact, it's an African slave. You know, so for me, I think clearly speaking, I don't think our governments are actually acting the way they think they want everybody else to act. Almost everybody, I'm sure all of you sitting, sitting there must have taken a haircut, including my good friend Kodjopoku. You must have taken the haircut. Probably he got a nicer haircut. I got an ugly one. But we are grateful our heads were not chopped off. But the fact of the matter is that whatever we have seen have been decimated by the actions of uh, governments. And I think we are in a, in a hole. And I don't think that it helps us. In fact, we are not digging the hole. The hole is being dark for us. And we are getting it in, 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 in day, day in and day out. So, but, but, but frankly, so I mean, we, we were told beforehand that, you know, the next few years, you know, we're going to be tough. And that in, in the spirit of burden sharing, we must all chip in a bit to ensure that the country uh, was brought back to its, 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 its pre-COVID and pre-RUO levels. So this is part of that. We were told and we, we more or less, um, not agreed, but we, we more or less understood what the problems were. So, so these are symptoms of that uh, warning or that caution which was given to us to bed in share. So, so, so this well, is it. Perhaps one day it will be better and then we'll all be happy for it. Well, I agree. I understand we need to bed in share. But the person asking you to get up the voice is actually losing his or hers. And it's not the best of thought. And I think this conversation is, must be front and center of this election as well. Mm. Question is, how will the politicians commit to having a leaner administration, a much more targeted administration, not just going around promising things that I mean, add infinity, but essentially what would add value to the economy and reduce this hemorrhaging that we are seeing from the center. I mean, it's the biggest belief, really. Mm. I mean, to think that we are even talking about the ECG issues. Mm. I mean, I'm one who I'm a stickler for privatization. I don't mean chronic capitalist arrangements, because that's what we had under PDS. It was a chronic capitalist arrangement. That's why it didn't work, because it was procurement inspired. But dangerously um, skewed towards 
procurement mm. for somebody to benefit. I see. Until we have conversations, these things will not go anywhere. I think that, you see, when we say we want to copy the habits of highly effective countries, we should be intent and clever at making sure that where we are right now, um, everybody is struggling for, for his or his economy, right? And I think the last thing we want to do is to keep on lying to ourselves that we are running a serious economy. We are not. Mm. We are just papering, paper, papering stuff here, a wound here. You go and struggle and do it, then you expose another one. I mean, it's just it's just not right. I don't see how we can run this economy. By the way, this whole thing is it's not it's not it's not a rocket science to run this country. I've always said, I mean, how much are you dealing? Seventy-seven billion dollars as GDP. That's chicken change for someone's uh, empire somewhere in the world. But they are running and they are organizing their companies much more productive, productive, qualitative. Uh, uh, what should I say, management of their, their individual companies than the whole nation that thinks that it has resources and indeed these resources can be dispensed without let or hindrance at any point in time, given whatever interventions that they think should be done. It's just not helpful, you know. So I'm sure there's a broader conversation, but I'm sure that once you brought in the issue of taxes, the taxes have drowned everybody, and I don't think it's fair at all. I mean, the other day, my colleague and myself, right, were in a little, little restaurant, well, mid-sized restaurants. Everybody goes there, by the way. And then uh, you look at the price, and then you ask yourself, how many people can afford this, just uh, what looks like a decent meal? And if you're doing that three days a week, that's tough, you know? Um, you say the alternative is to cook for yourself, but you see, you go and buy the ingredient, prepare, Everywhere you turn, the tax man is actually waiting for you. To get to a point, I think we will all crumble under the deluge of taxes. It is just not fair. For a center-right party, think organization party, that says that it prides itself on production, sorry, rather than taxation. I think this is much more socialist than I thought. It's more interventionist. It's actually anarcho-socialism, as we have brought your daily with. I see. It's Good. unfortunate. Very well. Let, let, let me let me let me bring in um, Bauer, who is back who is back on now. Bauer, um, yes, the VAT in, uh, implementation or imposition has been on the books for a very long time. Government says it is time to implement this. Uh, your side hasn't been happy. Yourself and a few others. Uh, what else could we be doing? We need to raise money uh, to improve our tax to GDP ratio. The IMF is giving us a number of things to do, etc. I mean, what other alternative could we have used? For this and of course i know you want to respond to a few of the things that Koju and alfred have said but you have very limited time to do that hello um edward um, um i think your mic is muted so yes 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 okay so thank you very much i just could briefly just uh, deal with those reactions and come to the uh, the tax issue so first um, I, I used to deal with uh, Kojopoku as a, an independent uh, power, uh, sorry, energy sector expert. But I have to deal with him by his name. He's a politician. And so when he says something that is not right, you call him out. First, um, the WAPCO agreement was never signed under the NDC. It was signed in June 2019. It was the reverse flow. And that was what brought the agreement. So he should check his records right. So that's the first thing. Second point is that, look, yes, we agree that the debt in the energy sector is not new. Indeed, it is for that reason that, if you recall, Boche Jago's vetting, he had stated the total indebtedness the energy sector had, which was 2.4 billion. 
It was just in line with what Setepe had announced just before NDC went out of power. It was based on that particular level of debt that the Energy Sector Levy Act was formed, that in five years we'll be able to retire all the legacy debt whilst making sure that the current utilities, they, they, they run efficiently, not to incur new debt. So that is it. So we all knew that. And this was supposed, if you look at the Energy Sector Levy Act, it was supposed to have a sunset clause that was supposed to just be charged for only five years. The Energy Sector Levy Act now is running to about its ninth year. This government has increased the, what do you call it, the sunset clause. It has taken it to almost 10 years. And so if all these years we have been paying this amount of money, and then I'm telling you that on an annual basis, we get not less than 10 billion from just the ESLA accruals. So if you look at that and the fact that we still find ourselves in the situation which we find, don't tell me that, oh, the debt has been in our this in for all this while. And the last point I just want to make, yes, I agree with him that the uh, cash waterfall mechanism must be operational. The question is, why is it not operational? The ECG unilaterally suspended this. If you recall, the managing director had announced when they were trying to do this revenue recollection, well, uh, uh, collection of uh, debt and other things from the sector in terms of those who were owing and other things. They had given a target of about seven billion to collect. They finally ended up getting around 5.31 billion. Ask the ECG, what did they use the 5.31 billion to do? They have not been able to account for it because it was never put in the cash waterfall mechanism pot for them to distribute among the utilities. Mm. What did they do with the money? So these are issues that we need to look at. Very but well. back mm. to now, the, yes, the, 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 the major yeah. issue. Yeah. See, you see, if you if you look, basically, you need to look at uh, the issue of the introduction of this fact in the context of our own situation that we find ourselves. If it is not, if Francis is right when he indicates that if you look at VAT, VAT is imposed on electricity because there's a value added to it from the production level up to what you call it, distribution and then other things. So you cannot dispute the fact that it is alien. It is not. But you must also look at it within the context in which we find ourselves. You have a situation where people are really tired from poverty. A situation where the middle class has been wiped out because of a government policy. A situation where people simply cannot make ends meet. Then you introduce a, a what do you call it, a, a, a tax that encompasses everybody as flat. Now, you in the electricity sector because our uh, our rates are progressive. So the more you, you the more you consume, the more you pay per rate in terms of the rate. You pay more if if you consume more. We've always have a life a, a, a lifeline uh, category. That was a bit large. In the last two, uh, what do you call it, increments, if you study the bands, you know we have the various bands. We have one to 50, one to this and that, and that gives us the various categories and the rates you pay. In the last increment, the band, the lifeline, uh, the lifeline uh, what do you call it, band, was shrunk. So it means that a lot of people did not, again, qualify to be considered as lifeline users. And so everybody now pays a bit higher than what, quote unquote, we talk about the lifeline. Mm. Now you come and slap, you slap uh, VAT on it. For the commercial sector, because it's a pass-through tax, if I am running a business and I use my energy cost is a 10 cities, then maybe the VAT is going to increase the energy cost to about 12 cities. That two cities, I am not going to pay for it. 
I add it as part of my course, and then it is taken at the, by the, uh, the end user. So they will have a way of recovering that cost. However, if you come to the residential thing, what it does to you is that if I come and buy electricity for my house here, and I am using it, the effect of it is on my tax, I'm uh, sorry, on my wage, the, the, my salary. If, for example, I needed to use 10 CDs again to take care of my family, now, in the course of that, I need to look for an extra amount of money to take care of the energy cost of it. So it then brings about, it reduces people's uh, ability to, to purchase things, the ability to even live a qualitative life. And so it worsens the already existing situation. Now, I hear people say, oh, and Franklin, Franklin, uh, when he talked about the indicators and other things, and that, for example, we see that uh, our inflation and other figures are now coming down. Let me use the words of the, the current government. They are moving in the right direction. If if they are moving in the right, it still does not change the situation. That I know people always conceive that, oh, if inflation in, say, in March, uh, maybe in, in September was about 50%, and now inflation is around 32%, it means that, uh, oh, then, then it means that things are coming down. No. What it's just telling you is that the rate at which your, your the prices are changing has only reduced. But the prices keep on increasing. It's just that the rate at which they increase, the rate has been reduced. So on daily basis, people's lives get worse. Now, when you begin to increase VAT, it has an impact on inflation. Because power or electricity is a major player in the pot in use in calculating inflation. And so it becomes a huge uh, factor. So if you, if you factor all these things, and you look at the fact that government, in terms of the recent base pay increment that they did, that they are doing, you know, this government has a very funny way of doing things. Whether it is schooling, they will do it double track. It is even base rate, they still do it double track. You know that they have said that they were doing the first, the first increment. I think this, there was a percentage that was set for between January and June, and another percentage that will be added from July to what they call it December. If you take that and you, 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 you net off inflation, the worker is still worse off. The worker is still worse off. So look, I agree that, look, the next government that will be coming will be in trouble. And that, yes, there must be commitments in, in situations like how do we cut, uh, cut down expenditure? And this is one of the things government has been told many times. But I'm happy that, for example, the NDC has indicated, and John Mahama has said that all him to it, that his ministers, deputy ministers and ministers will not go beyond 60, that he can work with that number at the start. And so this is something that uh, the future, uh, what the government, uh, maybe as, uh, and I'm going to convince the NDC will win anyway. If the NDC comes, this is what the public must call NDC to, that we should cut that too. Government is looking, the moment we begin to start increasing tax, it's because we want to have money available for government to use. The truth of the matter is that, go back to the Auditor General support. You will see that in terms of financial irregularities and other things, my brother, it keeps on increasing on daily basis. We were dealing with figures of around $2 billion thereabout in terms of financial irregularities. As we speak now, we are dealing in the neighborhood of about $15 billion, $16 billion. If government was minded to even just have these financial irregularities, that's about seven billion. That alone takes care of that alone takes care of a huge number of things that we want. Because if you look at the IMF agreement with government, they are, they, 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 the issue was that they were supposed to increase in terms of revenue uh, our 
tax to uh, tax to GDP. We're supposed to increase it by 0.9%. If you calculate it, it's about 7 billion. And so if it is about 7 billion, if you look at our GDP and look at our this, so the 0.9 is about 7 billion. If that is exactly what government was targeting to get, government actually could have done that just by being prudent, just by being very careful, and just by plugging a lot of financial uh, loopholes. That is making Ghana lose and the amount of money we, we are losing. Very well. Look, uh, no, no, but just the last point. Look, mm. it's just a typical example. GRA is supposed to be taxing petroleum products, isn't it? Mm. Now, GRA taxing petroleum products, that's one of the major areas in a very short area of always getting uh, what call your taxes. We have a situation where NPA has what it takes to monitor our, what do you call it, our, our the petroleum products and the taxable products from the time it is ordered to the time it reaches even the, uh, the filling station, through what they call their enterprise relational, whatever, that they ERGPMS. They have it. They are even hooked up to icons, which GRA operates. Now you have a situation where GRA can sit in at, at their office, just by a click of a button, know the amount of petroleum products that have been brought into the country that are taxable, and how much they can get it. Then you go and bring in another layer, that's what they call the strategic mobilization. They say picking but, up money, huge yeah. money. Meanwhile, these people. So I'm just going to tell you how we lose money, and we lose this money. But, but I thought uh, I mean the president is directed that that matter be audited or that arrangement be audited. So but maybe that, how about we wait for we we'll wait for the audit report. No, and see the fact what, that the president is the fact that the president has already said that they, they should do that that does not uh, uh, justify. Okay. They even they, they justify the, the decision to even uh, defraud Ghanaians the way they are doing. So I'm just trying to tell you that. I'm yes, not sure it's meant to defraud. Maybe it was, yes, it, 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 was, it was a good intention to oh, help, you know, okay. assure maybe, the revenue. Maybe, you know, maybe I, you, you come from a very posh environment, so you know how to choose your words. <laughs> so let me use my own. <laughs> so but the point I'm just trying to make to you is that you see that this is something that is simply immoral. Very well. So yes, government needs money. But there are areas in which government can get money. So the increase of VAT, uh, I mean, the introduction of VAT on these, uh, what do you call it, electricity services, mm -hmm to a very large extent, is going to impoverish Ghanaians. It's going to make Ghanaians look very bad. Very well. Thanks so much, um, Edward. Um, let, let, let me speak. Let me come to uh, Kojo Poku. Um, mm -hmm. you, you have been in the sector. Many people think that this is regressive. So, for example, um, when you look at uh, maybe even the building industry, the cement factories, for example, they, they will have to pay more on electricity. That translates into the cost of building, the build, somebody has to rent, maybe a young person who's going to their school wants a single room to, to rent and work. That will affect how much rent you pay, etc. So even though we are saying we are taxing this lifeline, people are not part, etc. The, the, the rippling effect of that is such that everybody in the system gets to pay more. And so raising the cost of living generally of the Ghanaian people. And we've just spoken about ECG requiring more money, the energy sector requiring more money to do better, etc. This money, hopefully, when collected, will be used to, to do some of these or solve some of these problems. I wanted to marry the fact that this generally will uh, inflict hardship on the people and the fact that we also need money for the sector. Where should we be placing the balance? Well, um, quickly to respond to my brother um, Bauer before I let that go. Mm -hmm. um, he's, a member, he's a member of parliament. Yes, he is. If he thinks that ECG has taken money and can be accounted for, she called them, she called them. They, they have subpoena powers. Mm -hmm. Call him to Parliament and ask. Mm. Why are you saying that on CTFM that nobody knows where that money went? Mm. Why are you in Parliament?
So, look, we as a member of civil society, yes, and calling me politician and His Excellency to you for that matter. You know, um, <laughs> the part of the matter is that we tend to kick the can down the line. Mm. As a member of parliament, we are all worried if ECG has collected money, be it a politician or not. If they can't account for it, parliament should subpoena uh, Dubik and find out. So please, Mr. Bawa, you and your ranking members can do better by letting us know where that money went, if indeed there is any such issue. Mm -hmm. Now, to move on to the question you asked, for me, I think that we should step down the VAT issue on a couple of reasons. The timing is wrong. Step it down, the timing is wrong. It's been stepped down, as my brother said, mm -hmm. since 1988. Mm -hmm. I mean, 1998, yes. It's been stepped down from 1998 till now. Mm. So why can't it be stepped down a bit further? Mm. Because since the 1st of January, after taxes came into effect from the 2024 budget, why are we now bent on adding another 22% on electricity? We just, and, we just now found that it's well, low-hanging fruit. Well, that's fine. But the point, the low-hanging fruit is that, we look, we've come in from challenging times. Mm -hmm. The only way you boost an economy is if people have what you call disposable income. Mm -hmm. Disposable income helps if to take your country in the right trajectory. If you keep taking away people's disposable income, your economy will go into recession because mm. your productivity doesn't go up, your economy doesn't grow the way you want it to grow. So we need to have people a lot more money to buy things that will boost the economy. Mm. Production will now hire and industries will hire more. But the fact that the, there's a point everybody keeps missing. This VAT on electricity is not for the sector. Mm. In the letter I saw, it did not mention that the VAT on electricity was to collect money for the sector. No, it was to collect money for GRE to go into the consolidated fund so that it will be used as any tax. So that is a correction I think we should make because even when I spoke on Joy, their uh, narration of what I said was that, oh, the money is to help the sector. But mm. I don't see it in the letter that was sent from um, Ministry of Finance. Mm. Maybe, to help maybe, the sector. maybe to help government pay for it. Yes. Well, that's fine, but it's a general debt. It's not the energy so, sector. So, 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 so your point is it may not be applied like to the energy sector necessarily. Necessarily. To apply to the, the consolidated fund, yes. yes. I know that now because of the problem in the sector, the Ministry of Finance is contributing something like mm. 10 million every month to, mm. on top of what the, in, um, the commitment for the uh, ECG cash waterfall, Ministry of Finance is adding 10 million a month to the waterfall to meet the commitment of the SOEs. Okay. But you see, we talked about something and Franklin, I think, mentioned that, or I think my brother here mentioned that it would be counterproductive in introducing the VAT now. Why is that? In the Western world, industry pay less and residential pay more. Mm -hmm. In Ghana, it was the reverse, or it is the reverse, mm -hmm. where industry pay more and residential pay less. I, I think Franklin wanted to just make a quick, a, a quick um, intervention before. Franklin? Well, about my haircut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Franklin, are you Oh, yes, I'm here. Yes. I, I was just trying to point out to my good friend, Joe, that irrespective of who is receiving the money, whether GRE or the Ministry of Finance, it's still a tax them. So it's not really... The, no, no, no. frankly, I was just correcting the fact that people are attributing the fact that the VAT on electricity is to improve the indebtedness in the sector. And I'm saying okay. that it is a tax going to consolidated fund. It's not for the sector. Okay? All if right. they want to raise money for the sector, then they should increase tariffs, which will now deal with the sector problems. But the issue I was making was that in the Western world, industries pay less, residential pay more. Mm. That is how you increase productivity. Now, in Ghana, it was the reverse where industry pay more and residential pay less. 
We've had a policy in the last three, four years that we want to reverse that. Mm. So if you look at the PULC major tariff review, I think in 2022, that was being changed, where mm. residential was a bit more and then industry came down. But now if you go and put VAT on the residential, it now makes the residential customer overburdened. Mm. So you cannot push the tariff any higher. Yeah. Okay. So I think that will really go against the spirit of that policy. Mm -hmm. So again, we should look at, Very if, right. like my brother said, if we are to look at the two-tier system in, in VAT, where we have a specific, uh, a special amount, like they have in the UK, a special rate for electricity, then that would be better. But at 21%, they're mm. I, I, I yeah, honestly it's, it's think... A, lo a lot of people... Uh, yes, no, I honestly think that it should, it's, it's, it's it's should it's be stepped... It, it, very, very. Mm. So, look, we need to mobilize revenue, as mm. the next line of your question is. We need to mobilize revenue. Yes, and I wrote something over a couple of days, and my brother um, Franklin called me up on it. Like, look, taxes is a way that the country runs. Mm. And you made a point that interest rate is high. In fact, if you collect more taxes, it brings down interest rate than borrowing because mm. borrowing increases interest rates. So taxation is a good thing, but you don't pile it on at once. That is, it becomes counterproductive. Mm. So over a period, yes, we've introduced a lot of taxes, but it's a necessary evil. Mm. If you don't raise taxes, your option is to borrow. Mm. And borrowing devalue our currency and increase interest rates and it's more counterproductive than taxation because mm. in the long run, the country needs money. And that money has to come from the citizenry, but it is the timing and when and but, but how. Is it not curious to you that, of course, we keep talking about taxes, raising taxes, etc. But government itself, executive government itself, appears not to be concerned about uh, 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 rationalizing its expenditure. Yes, that's and, a key. And, and, and that is, we've not seen, it, we've not it, seen it, anything It's a big really problem. I've spoken in, against in, it. In, in I, ha I have spoken, one of, in my campaign trail, mm -hmm. I spoke against it that, look, we have two sides of the equation, the expenditure and the revenue. If the revenue, and it's amazing how when we read the budget, right, we now know that the maximum achievable revenue is, let's say, 79 million. Mm. But we now project 104 yeah. only to put the expenditure at 150 yeah. so that it doesn't look awkward, yeah. right? Meanwhile, we know that our achievable, the possible achievable from the previous year is only 79 million. Why are you talking about 120 million? So yeah. I'm saying that, look, I have spoken against the... The, the big appetite for big infrastructure. Mm. But maybe if we are also getting to the point where Ghanaians are asking for more. Mm. It's up to the government to balance the, the, the scale, to now look like Ghanaians have an appetite for big development. Do I give them all they want at once? And as a result, borrow more and all the problems that we are in now, which is the downside of that. Mm. Or be judicious on how much I borrow, well. keep my expenditure low so that the revenue side doesn't have to be basically be on table charge. So yes, everybody is saying that instead of increasing, increasing, increasing to now raise revenue, let's also look at the expenditure side to also bring it down. But then the question is that Ghanaians should now temper their expectations. Mm -hmm. That dual carriage road you're expecting, that big um, building you're expecting to be built. All those things is because government doesn't have money. Mm -hmm. And if we don't borrow, okay, you go to some African countries, they have A-plus ratings, but the development in that country is not as Ghana. As Ghana. You understand? But their currency is big. Their economy is huge. They have A-plus rating. Mm -hmm. But they don't want... They're not the, taking the risk. The borrowing risk. The borrowing, they're, not, they're not doing that. Exactly. Very. So that's the, what, that's the education Ghanaians mm -hmm. have to juggle with. Mm -hmm. I see. Uh, so, Alfred, uh, 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 the... the, the, the the MPP, proud to come into office, made a lot of promises. I, I, you know, 
scrap taxes. They call them nuisance taxes. You know, scrap what they call nuisance taxes. And they did do some of those things. Uh, the very small, small market tools and things, Sky. I mean, they did those ones. Quite insignificant. Yeah, but but to those 15, groups, you know, to yeah, but, but people so think that they were, they were quite insignificant. Now, so I'm just looking at your manifesto, for example. Uh, is it page 17? Uh, shifting the focus of economic management from, from taxation, taxation to production. production. Such a big headline. Yeah. You know, the, it says that the, the mismanagement of the economy under the Mohammed-led government, mm -hmm. you know, has resulted in an increase in taxes on virtually everything taxable. Everything taxable. Okay. This has increased Maybe the burden on the private sector and has become a disincentive for production. Mm -hmm. To address this challenge, MPP will shift the focus of economic management or policy away from taxation to production by reducing the number of taxes, so reducing the corporate tax from 25 to 20. I'm not oh, sure that has yeah. been done. Um, removing import duties. I mean, a, a lot of things were said. A lot of things were said. But now we've seen a new raft of taxes. You know, some you said, you know, were, were, were inevitable. Others too, we think, could have been done better. So we have COVID levy, for example. You know, we said there's no more COVID. We have e-levy, which is struggling. But we are unwilling to do away with those. Now we are going into an implementation <coughs> of VAT on an essential commodity or thing like electricity. And, and that is going to have an effect on everybody and everything. You know, the, the people are suffocating. But taxation to production, the shift, it appears... I mean, we still, we still, I'll tell you the truth, we still stand on the notion that we need to move the economy from taxation to production. Mm. That is there. Yeah, so, so you're saying, so, I, I mean, so we are not changing... Uh, yeah, everybody knows that. Every, everybody knows that. It's not everybody. No, everybody knows that in the end, I mean, we need to shift focus from taxation to production. But how to realize that is the issue. You see, when we came into office, when you check the first few years, we were doing very well till we had all these challenges. I won't mention COVID. We had all these challenges. But you should, I because see, it, it was a pandemic. I mean, I you see, it wasn't it. only COVID. You know, we went, the world itself went into an economic global crunch. Mm -hmm. And every, almost every economy suffered in one direction or another, mm -hmm. which we have to admit. But t let's take Ghana into perspective. Seriously speaking, we have to sit down and look at our whole economy. We have to reshape our economy. Because I see us as moving, you know, it's like the way British colonized us, we're still moving in that direction. When you, go, when you go there in, to Britain, everything is about taxation. Mm. But like Nanado said, we have so much resources that we need to turn it around and make sure that we make money out of it to pay most of our debts off and to ease the pain of every Ghanaian. To tell you the truth, it wouldn't take one day. It wouldn't take one year or two years. But we would have to suffer to gain. At the moment, we are in challenges. We are suffering for it. But I believe that when there is a continuum of what we've started and we ran it very well under the next leadership, I can tell you that in the next four to eight years, we will see that change, that rapid change that we want to experience, mm -hmm. even with all the challenges going on. Because you realize that most of the things by 2026 to 2028, it's really going to ease down from all these burdens that we are experiencing. But you need someone who understands and appreciates the economy to drive that. Mm. And that is what we need for the next phase. Mm. We don't really need someone who will come and tell you that, oh, I've, I've, I've learned my mistakes, I've experienced all these things, and I can, I can tell you on authority that I'm going to change things. I mean, it's not um, by mere word of mouth. 
No, but we some, need, someone, need... Who, someone who was was sold as the economic messiah. Yeah, is in us on the seat. In he's the not mess. on the seat. No, I mean he, he's the chairman of the economic management team. So that's which is team. an advisory body. No you problem. know, you keep on, no, wait, wait, you keep on no, forgetting no, no problem, that no economic problem. management team no is an advisory. No I can problem. sit here. You can take me as an advisor no, to you. No problem. I mm -hmm. didn't sell him out as yeah. the economic whiskey. As a man to come we and, sold, and we correct sold, we, the no, economic mismanagement. No, no, we didn't of, of say he was going to correct. No, no, he was going to deal oh. with it. The economic mismanagement of the Mahama yeah. regime. Yeah, we, we, we said it. That and he, that, we didn't say no, he was going to deal we're with bringing it. Him. That's we what said we're, we're bringing him to help us change things. Okay, so the help. So if that is the help, so he was when to he's offer, coming, if that's the help he uh -huh. was to offer, yeah, and it's become worse, then we need to question what has become worse. The economy of So ask yourself that where were we? What happened and what? See, how did it go? See, wait, we wait. cannot blame this government for what no, the goals of Everybody the knew that the economy in 2017 was going to be better than 2016. So if the economy in 2017, who knew? Of course, I knew. Have you forgotten that? Have you forgotten wait, that wait. the current that so, so at that example, time the then oil president? Oil. I'm coming. The two, then president told oil. us that Yari Namnaka don't pay. No, no, that, that, that was something else. Two it was oil, what else? Two oil wells came on stream. Mahama didn't have that. A number of things. The oil happened. worlds. You know, no, fact, seriously the, speaking, the, the oil worlds. How much how much did we as a government get it? And the IMF and mm -hmm. all those Britain Wood uh, Western institutions mm -hmm. had said that 2017 was going to be a better year for Ghana than mm -hmm. 2016. That is on record. Mm -hmm. So if in 2017 a new government comes with its goodwill and everything, mm -hmm. comes and the economy is better in terms of the figures, mm -hmm. you know, we need to see what will happen in the next few years. And we had also said already. Mm -hmm that Ghana's economy was, was as if it was on steroids, mm -hmm. okay? There, there were real underlying challenges. Mm -hmm. So COVID and COVID just came to expose that. That's why we are mm -hmm. here. COVID, you've said, affected a lot of countries. Mm -hmm. But how many countries are going through what we are going through today? How some, many countries have some had other countries are going worse. How many countries are suffering the way we are? Mm -hmm. Everybody's suffering. That, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's correct. But it is the degree mm -hmm. or the extent of, of how people suffer. Mm -hmm. Look at our situation. Mm -hmm. Automatic uh, 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 adjustment yeah. in tariffs. Now we are having 15% or 22% of VAT. Interest rate is, sky, is, 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 is in the sky. sky. I mean, we are suffocating, but income levels have not increased. And that is why I said that so, we have so to not sit everybody down. In the and world that is why I, is I'm, I'm, I, stated, COVID. I stated at the beginning that as a country, you have to sit down and look at the whole economy yes. and how we need to reshape it and replan yes. it. But, but to because, be, you know, but to we be saying that and also we, be pushing for someone whose you know, job it is to advise like, on how we do it. No, and he, he is a said, key player in the seed. That 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 other can, can I put on my political hat yeah. and help a little, please? No, no, let me come in. Let me come in. But, but we look, in 2017, yeah, we we're in IMF. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah. There were underlying problems mm -hmm. coming in coming from, from mm -hmm. the 2012 2016 mm -hmm. administration. Mm -hmm. That's what that's what took us to IMF. Mm -hmm. When we came out of IMF in 2018, mm -hmm. the challenge which sits at the Ministry of Finance is the projected revenue and all the things that we had now taken ourselves into. So you remember the first bond that we went to and the monies that came in and all that, right? Now, if Ghana had not, and the world has not gone through the pandemic in 2021, we will not be having the conversation we're having today. And let me explain why. If you now look at your forward projections of what you intend to do, I'm going to borrow X, and in the next three years, as I'm coming out of the IMF, these are my programs and these are the things I'm going to do. Then you come out of IMF in 2019, and then you go on the roadshow. When COVID came, we had gone on the roadshow in February. 
Okay, so even the program that we intended to use the money for for that year, we couldn't do because most of that money were basically kicked in into the pandemic. But, but you also realize that we got a lot of money. We agree. Uh, we, we agree. Well, no, yes, no, no, we agree all that. We got money. We got money. We had raised money on the roadshow. We've, we've gone to the bond market early that year. We've gotten money because of the COVID. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that, the fundam that, that fund fundamentally, yeah, the yeah. world economy had changed. Mm -hmm. So with your projections that you are going to run your country, anytime we have the budget, we have the local outlook and the international so, but, but, but But the point I'm making is that we even mismanage those funds. Well, well that's so, right. No, so, no, so no, but, 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 no, no, but no, no, but, 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 First year, second year, third year forecast, right? Mm. And I'm given a certain amount of money to run to achieve those forecasts. Mm. But there is a major pandemic, okay? In, even in a contractual agreement, I'm allowed to use as force majeure, yeah. right? It tells you that whatever I have projected to do falls out of work. Yeah. Mm. That is the point I want everybody to make, that whatever comes after, we shouldn't hold the uh, Dr. Baumia or the MPP government to that strict that, look, you borrowed this money, and this didn't happen. Let's look at what pertained, okay, 2021, 2022, 2023. Mm. We still are not out of the woods. Oh. Mm. Franklin wants to well, say something. Yeah, Franklin. You tell you that you are you know, not, let's, not, not let's not make this conversation a lesson in economic history. Because yeah. if we want to do if There's a lot we'll, of we'll, And then we we'll, won't we'll close today. Maybe we'll about it. The second we'll, issue no, is no, there. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll just leave it. All right. So, so, so just, just conclude. Yeah. No, I yeah. think yeah. you wanted to say something before. Yeah. Who? No, no, no. Just yeah. Yeah. So, so let, let's, so let's just to come back to this. And let me tell you the truth. The, everybody, mm. nobody enjoys paying taxes. Mm. And I would say on authority and plea that, listen, this 1998 approval of this tax that has not been run should not go ahead. It will not help us. But from where you sit, do you think that this will, I mean, will, will it, it will be it suspended? Would, listen, I, I believe that they'll look at it again. Mm. It, will, it will be looked at. I believe that. But for that, that needs because, money. Can needs money. You see, the truth is that as much as you need money, you mm. also look at other things. Mm. It will let every price change mm. in the market. Everything. Yes. Because once electricity goes up. Everything goes up. Everything goes up. Everything. Transport. Um, Recently, I'm putting up something, I'm doing some small projects for someone, and I was going to buy cement. It was 90 cities. Mm. The day I was going to pay, that was a day later or a day, uh, about two days later, I was going to pay for it. They said 95. And I asked them, what has changed? Mm. And you that see, they, they now negotiated, they now negotiated with me for, for me to buy it at 92. Mm. And I asked that, you see, you do all these things and you blame the government. Mm. But... When you also introduce some of these things, you force people, instead of maybe adding, let's say, one CD to it, they'll go and add five CDs. But they went for loan because they have to the, also the pay their destiny off. And so I'll plead as much as possible that, listen, let us look at it because we always, and from the time well, I was a child, mm. they've always been saying that mm. we keep on um, 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 trying to pay workers and workers to try, try and work for the mm. government. That mm. type of magician yeah. type of thing. It's, we well. cannot continue that way. Very well. We need to sit down and look at the whole economy and let us put things in the right perspective and know that let us suffer now mm. and gain in the next 10, 20 years well. so that our people or our children will come and take over in the right direction. Mm. Very so final. Friend, 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 friend. What exactly are you saying? Um, 
You know, he, he's saying that everybody should come on board unless things work better. I mean, have, have I summarized right? <laughs> so, so, my yeah, final very, very finally, that, I mean, yes. the, the taxes, so, what should so, we do? So, I think the biggest problem sits with ECG. Okay. And therefore, we'll rely on them to reduce the losses. Mm -hmm. Again, um, the lifeline, mm -hmm. I think that it has changed. We mm -hmm. want it enhanced. Mm -hmm. If government wants to maintain the taxes on, you know, electricity, I, I want... The, I, I'm the, thinking the, that we should have a separate rate. Yes, we should expand the lifeline, but we should have separate How many people on lifeline? About one million people, I understand. About one million. Uh, it depends. Yeah. And you see, there's a point I was going to make. The lifeline also is now inclusive. Mm. The way it's calculated has changed. Mm. Before, it was exclusive. Yeah. So if you are within and you now go over, you are still given that lifeline and calculated from. Now, the inclusive means that if you are, let's say, a lifeline and you use zero one, to 30, if you just go one point above, the system recalculates yeah. it and gives you the, the, the next band, yeah. which is very is tricky now how it's calculated. Mm -hmm. So I think PLC should, one, if they're going to even look at the tax on there, should go back to the exclusive where you are given that 30, then anything above that is charged separately. If not, it's going to create a so, problem. So just to very complete well. my point, yes, we should have separate uh, tax rates okay. for residential should at least come to about 5% mm -hmm. and then we allow the industry to remain where it is. And then well. again, the timing, I think the that timing. I, I agree with a what you You mentioned something about this, why it's a flat thing and all. Now people are using their residential properties into commercial properties. Now but where, where, where the meters it, can it's, my, my brother, it's very difficult. All right, you, you I mean, go there and you realize that they have challenges. Very well. Because but you course, send people to the field. Mean, they'll well, go and they'll go and put, they see it's that the person is building stores. But and they'll put residential. When the residential was to be cheaper, mm -hmm. sorry, when the commercial was to be more expensive, more expensive. people will now go back and get to residential. But, but making commercial to more expensive yes. also hurts industry. That's why we are reducing commercial yeah. to be cheaper. Yeah. So, so there's, there's no incentive for you to have a commercial meter, but have a residential meter. So we take a short break. This is how we've done, we're done with the issue of the ECG taxes and, and energy sector. Now we move into the issue of the MPP primaries, the OSP and the National Entrepreneurial and Innovation Program, NIEP, NEIP boss, Kofi Ofosun Kansas arrest and matters arising. This is the big issue. Martin Pebu joins the discussion after this break. Don't go away. You're welcome back to the big issue. We look at the second issue, which really is a matter of the MPP primaries and matters arising. Now, um, earlier in the week, the Office of the Special Prosecutor arrested Kofi Ofosun Kansa, uh, who is a candidate in the Asante Achim Central constituency and also the chief executive of uh, the National Entrepreneurial Innovate Innovation Program, NEIP, uh, because according to the Office of Special Prosecutor, uh, the gentleman was using official funds or funds for the NIEP to support his campaign, um, a, a, a claim that he has refuted, though. But that is the matter. The Office of the Special Prosecutor is now seeking to investigate his sources of income, uh, how, whether indeed he used the official sources of money to fund his campaign. Uh, he has said that that is not true. The people that he gave money to were young people who were starting businesses, etc. And you know about this you start program. That is what he was doing. So he was well within his rights as the chief executive of that institution to do what he did. Um, the election is on the 27th. I don't know how that will affect it. Sometimes these things make you more popular and you win. Other times, too, you know, uh, they don't help you. 
but I want to look at it from the legal point of view, whether indeed the office of the special prosecutor was well within its rights to do so, whether that is the way we should be going as Ghanaians and, and institutions of state set up to, to make corruption uh, uh, an expensive venture, like the special prosecutor himself said when he was being vetted and all of that. Um, joining us on, 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 on this segment is uh, Martin Pebu, who is a celebrated legal practitioner. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> it is a very celebrated legal practitioner, and, and, and we all benefit from his, 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 his expertise. Franklin Kujo is still on, President in Africa. Alfred Thompson is still a member of the MPP communications team, and also former Deputy Managing Director for NIB. Uh, Kojo Poku, Executive Director for Institute of Energy Policies and Research. This one, for this show, is expired, but he's, 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 <laughs> I mean, he, he's a good man. He contested to be uh, um, the flag bearer for the MPP, uh, facing, off, uh, against, um, facing off with Baumia and Co. Uh, he's also on the panel. Um, so, gentlemen, again, you're welcome. Uh, Martin, big welcome to you. Thank so now, um, Office of the Special Prosecutor, I, I know we've all had our issues every now and then with that office, which is very normal. Um, this new move, going after the, uh, the appointee of the president at the NEIP, uh, what do you know about it? And then uh, how do you think? Others have said that his, his, his mode of operation should be a bit refined. But what do you know about the case, first of all? And is it within his right to do what he did? Well, you know, the thing is that corruption has cost us so much, so, 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 so much. Mm. So let's, in the analysis, let's be careful this way, or let's be eager to make the point that any attempt that is made to nip corruption, in the, uh, I mean, well, it's not actually in the bad. Corruption has really taken this <laughs> nation. Yeah, it's grown. <laughs> it's no longer in the bad. Any attempt to help stem the tide of corruption is welcome. Mm. So now, let's zero in on the OSP. What did OSP see? That Ms. Ankansa was doing momo, right, mm. to certain delegates. That's why it's alleged. Mm. And so OSP caught wind of it and had him arrested in order to pursue further investigations into the matter, right? So at this juncture, it's difficult to say that he's not within his remit. Mm. Let's mention... The, so let's just go straight for the jugular. There's a certain legal uh, uh, impediment, all right? But let's discuss it. So this is what it is. In the past, straight, there's a case called the Republic versus YV and Avalifu, right? So in that particular case, what, we are, what I'm about <coughs> to narrate is that the question is whether in uh, uh, matters involving MPP primaries are matters that can be said to be corruption within Section 239 of the Constitution, sorry, of the Criminal Offenses Act, Act 29. That's the question I'm trying to answer. Mm -hmm. You see, now, in Yevi versus Avalifo, what the Supreme Court looked at was, and that's the case involving the money under Samuel's bed. The Supreme Court looked at it and did so many analyses and came to a conclusion that, look, a political party is an institution or an organization okay, that is largely public in nature. Because you see the millions of people who form a political party or support and, uh, you know, uh, or are affiliates of that party, right? So they looked at it and said, so because of these millions of people involved, anything that affects the political party, all right, affects the public interest. So they did that analysis and said, oh, then the public tribunal, that was the court whose jurisdiction was being challenged. When we say jurisdiction, that's the authority to go into the case. So that court 
whose authority to go into the case was being challenged was declared to have the authority to go into that case. Because when the policemen, so Avalifu uh, were policemen who were guarding Obeda Samoy's house. And when that money got lost, they say that they stole it. And then when the matter went to court, they raised the objection that that particular court they were taken to cannot go, doesn't have authority to go into that case. And so from the uh, uh, court, the, the regional tribunal, the, it was, the matter was taken to the Supreme Court for interpretation. And as I said, so that interpretation that matters affecting the political party are matters that affect the public interest. And so uh, the uh, court can go into it. It's likely to persuade a judge in the matter that the OSP is seized with. Yes, and I remember until Kisei Jabin took this step, I remember we were on some private pages where Samson Ladia, yeah, he's been vociferous about it. That no, OSP should be able to. OSP should be able to. And lo and behold, OSP is doing it. You have other lawyers on the other side who don't think so, you'll find notable among them, Ace Ankuma, etc. right? Yes, I belong to that school of thought. But suddenly, then I remember Which that... Which school of thought that, he, that should, he should be able to? No, initially, I thought that he shouldn't be able to because of Article 19, Clause 11, that for a criminal offense, it should be properly defined, you okay. see, because it's an MPP primary. Mm. So I expected law like, oh, during a party primary, if you do X, Y, Z, because... The main law we are using, the representation of people's uh, law, is for parliamentary elections. Mm. And then later, we amended it so it can cover uh, presidential, right? Uh -huh. So it's limited in nature. That's on the face of it, mm. right? Uh -huh. And then this corruption. So the thing is that it's an MPP election, a public election. election. So when you are using pure corruption under Section 239, is it a public election? Because you are nine. Kujopuka, are you a delegate? Okay, primary, you're a delegate because of your position. Yes, a flag bearer, contender, etc. But I can't go and vote there. Mm. Selom, you can't vote there. You see, so it's not open to the public. That's if you are using the definition of what is public. Because generally, something is public where the larger majority are allowed to go in and come out. So if a building is public, we all can go in and come out freely without major restrictions, etc. So public elections too, like the parliamentary elections open to the general uh, Ghanaian populace, presidential, of course, those who qualify, right? Uh -huh. So using those analysis, you tend to think that, oh, no, there has to be specific law on party primaries. But as I've said, with hindsight, looking at the Avalifu case, yes, I'll switch and come and support. Because, you see, like we said, corruption is eating up this society. There is so, so, so much money in Ghana to take very good care of all of us. But each time, we allow politicians to come in and, like in Japan, we say, they steal, they steal. Like the way he says, currently, uh, Mr. Thompson's people are stealing our money and stashing abroad. You see, mm. stealing our money and stashing abroad. Yeah, I didn't say so. It's Kennedy Japan who mm. said it. So the problem is that today, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, I used to support you guys. I, I'm sure those in 2016, I supported Nanadu more than anybody. I didn't know Charlie, he'll turn out to be this shambolic. No, you need your party. So say it. Your party. Your party. Okay, good. Yes, so now I support the move by the OSP. Yes, it's good it's making an attempt. So I'm sure when they get there, that will be the first question they will answer. Mm. Any lawyer in this arena will be looking for jurisdiction. Mm. Hey, as soon as you go to court, that's the first thing a lawyer wants to say. Ah, but this court crack, and the court going to rate. So this is a valuable case. Sell of you a lawyer, so you know it. 
that when you go to law school, there's no way you leave law school without reading that case. So when they go to court, it will be raised. Let them deal with it. And you see, me, I even believe that, look, listen, even if in the unlikely event, even if OSP were to lose that jurisdictional question in the high court, I would encourage that they should go on appeal. Mm. Let's go. You see right now, you see what is done. The, the fact that he's arrested with some cancer, it has a signaling effect. Mm. So people will go underground. Yes, you know, when they do it in their bedrooms and the rest, that one has always been there, even from Kwame Nkrumah's time. But the good thing is that it will no longer be so brazen. So all I'm admitting is that, yes, there's a limit to which you can fight corruption. But you let's take it one day at a time. Yeah, so by all means, OSP should go on. If they get to court, the jurisdictional issue will be raised, most likely. And depending on how the court answers it, they should go on until they exhaust all the appeals. Because mm -hmm. you know what? Mr. Kujopuku, your people are not willing at this time to pass a specific law to expressly cover party primaries. So if that will not happen, let's use the uh, route of what? Court decisions. So if the high court were to say, no, they will not. Uh, this case is a party primary. A party primary is not a public election. So the laws in the Act 29 don't apply. Corruption mm -hmm. and then the uh, corruption at public election and those things, then, then the representation of people's law, they don't apply. Go on appeal to the Court of Appeal. From there to Supreme Court. You see, apart from being in court, you know, when the case is in court, Salam, you make it a topic for discussion here. Mm -hmm. So as we discuss, then we are preaching. We are conscientizing ourselves that let's stop, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. How did America get here? How did Britain get here? It's not that corruption doesn't exist there. They are still also very corrupt, but they fought and fought it. It's, it, it's done very secretly now. It's very secretive. And in the process, too, they are what? Uh, they are, uh, societies have progressed. So for me, look, it doesn't matter if the court doesn't think there's jurisdiction. It doesn't matter. Just go on appeal. Keep going. Until we hit the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court finally answers, then we will know. And then, as I mentioned, just like you see the way when it comes to the Code of Conduct for Public Officers, you know, so straight away, the Declaration of Assets mm -hmm. Law. You see how Occupy Ghana was giving Ekufuado pressure all the previous years. And last year, finally, Ekufuado said, no, 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 no. His government is not interested in the passing that law, the bill. They are thrown it away. And then, you know what happened? Of all the unlikeliest of places, the IMF. When we went to IMF, IMF put passage of the Code of Conduct law as an IMF conditionality. So you see that? So my point is that as a society, we kept discussing it, we kept discussing it. So it's something, right now, it's our number one request in time. Because, you know, as for constitutional amendments, it's clear that Ekufuado has taken us back two decades because he's failed to pass constitutional amendments. So, but at least this code of conduct, in terms of making sure that we pass a new law, that will make it possible that when public officers uh, declare their assets, they will be published so that we all can scrutinize and the rest. It's likely to be done. Mm -hmm. So my point is that because we kept the conversation, this is a conversation that is over 20 years old. Finally, we are almost there. So sometimes people will say, oh, you just come and talk on radio. It won't happen. It won't happen. No, finally, it's going to happen. That conversation is... Over 20 years, mm -hmm. you, when you Google, if you like viewers and listeners, just Google Code of Conduct. You see Kojo Asante, Dr. Kojo Asante, CDD. Yeah. See 2004, there about 2005, 2006. CDD did a lot of work on it. Mary Awelana Ada, GII. 
all the other people. So Chrissy Premper, you see, so this is a conversation that we've been having for over 20 years. But finally, finally, it's going to happen. You see, so let's continue. So I'm for OSP going on. It doesn't, if it doesn't go well, appeal. Let's keep the conversation People going. have talked about the, the, the way he carries out things. I don't know how he was invited in this manner. Matter, but people think Rambo that a, a, a civil invitation to the man to come to the office for a conversation or investigation would have been better. Now, you know, the man is standing on election, Rambo style, arrest, etc. People think that the optics are not really good, so maybe the special prosecutor and this modern day should refine his ways a bit. Well, that is debatable. Eh? You know me, as I say, I also criticize him, though I support Mr. Jabin very well. You know, I always criticize him for. Closing the Dubai Matter. So that's a case I will keep disturbing Mr. Jabin Sarah to open it because we do Bwai and Baumia, we have to proceed with that case. Once he says there's evidence, we are also saying that there is law to prosecute the case. So you know that I'm not just following him blindly. Uh, what I'll say is that, but there have been times too that he's done it very <coughs> secretively to the extent that even people like me have been very uh, disappointed, well, not disappointed, we've been unhappy that the things are happening too quietly. We want to see a bit and get a bit of public uh, disinformation. So let's mention like from Pombwatin. Mm. I'm interested in just the part about when from Pombwatin was invited, not the latter issues that mm. have come, because I support from Pombwatin, though I know, of course, he's not a saint. And Kisie mm. Jabin has been warning us that, look, we should be careful. We shouldn't concentrate. Uh, consecrate this, uh, anybody. Consecrate a saint, right? Yes, but I'm interested in the aspect about how the from Pom Boatin invitation came up. OSP did it secretly. And from Pom Boatin went and finished before, it was some weeks later, before it came out that he had been invited. So you see, it was in the public domain. Who else? Some of the Madame Dapa invitations mm -hmm. too. And then there have been other people. There have been lots of people who have gone to OSPO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. In, the, in this current administration and past, lots of people. So this particular one, okay. So based upon this, why not? If people are complaining, I'm sure Mr. Jabin will sit back, look at it, and see how to uh, maybe ensure that it doesn't happen again the next time. Mm. I see. Well, can I say something off the back of what he just said? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. On the 21st of August, on the 23rd of August, 2021, I petitioned the special prosecutor. Mm. Okay. On what? On the... Meter, 36 million fraud of metered for a company called, um, what was this company called again? He, uh, uh, there is this metering, LNR. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard it. There was mm -hmm. a container of meters that came in, was not uh, to the spec of ECG, and it was in the port, and ECG was asked to clear it, and it sat there, and it became a whole nuisance because it came in through under some mischievous money that were paid around the 20th of December 2016 after election had been lost. Monies were still authorized to be disbursed. Uh, you know, crown, uh, those crown people, the one that they said uh, senior minister brought them. Uh, cruel and cruel, cruel cruel associates, yes. Mm -hmm. They did an extensive investigation. For some mm -hmm. reason, the investigation they did with all the appendices and the evidence got lost. Mm -hmm. When we, when the institute, my institute now <coughs> talked about it, they sent me the documentation. 
So I printed everything, put a letter on top of it, and petitioned the special prosecutor. Mm. 23rd yeah. August. I only got a reply from him saying that he has received and he's looking into it. Up to today, nothing. Mm. So I'm surprised. How did he get involved in this NEIP thing? Was he petitioned? Or uh, just on no, his own? He, he doesn't have to, yes. to be petitioned so necessarily. Let's okay, so he doesn't have to be petitioned to get involved in something. But that's so on information his own, coming out, so he was on petitioned. His own, he was, was he petitioned. petitioned or was he not petitioned? He was petitioned. If he was petitioned, out, yeah. how come Which someone... In this particular matter, yeah, this by, matter. The, by the incumbent MP? They, they say no, one, Ayimedu. I don't know who it is, but they mentioned an Ayimedu. But Ayimedu is a, is a current, is a sitting MP. If he was petitioned, he has how come some of us are petitioning him in 2021 and nothing has happened? But the matters are different. No, how is it different? I thought it's in order of... There's evidence to prosecute. We've given you everything. His friend is here. Yeah, so what I'm thinking, no, I'm it's not right, used it for him. I'm thinking, send a reminder. You know, no, in September. No, 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 was there a reminder no, no, to this no, no, one? No, no, no. Was there a reminder? No, but what point no, 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 no. are you making? That, that, he, picks, that he picks that, and chooses? Yes, because Tamar Oyo refined me. A private transaction. Mm -hmm. OSP now writes a letter to stop a private hey, transaction. But Tor is a national No, 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 my institute have mm. petitioned him. Mm. We have not seen anything happen on that petition. Mm. But there are other things that he's doing in the name of fighting corruption. So what? What we sent him is not in the name no, of... Maybe you sent a lot of documents. But he may still be studying it. Studying it, but these ones... But, but these ones are easy. Are, are they are, they are low hanging. Ah, come on, man. But mine is no, not... I'm when not somebody has done all the investigation for you, Kroll has done all the investigation for you, it's not a low hanging fruit. Mm. Established, giving you the person his roommates in London, those that he used, account number the money was moving to, the trail of the money, investigation has been done for you. We've handed you the evidence. Nothing to today. But he has to study that. No, but I'm saying two years. So at least. Why is it this thing? And why case. isn't this man's own NEIP taking two years for him to? Why does he maybe, just invite him and arrest him? Maybe it's a simple case, isn't but, it? But okay, so he was petitioned. And you right? don't know whether people let have me, been invited. Let me land. He was petitioned and immediately invited the person and arrested the person. It why hasn't, when I petitioned him on my that. thing, why hasn't he invited them and arrested them subject to investigate, further investigation? But like Martin just said, I mean, sometimes he does sit on the quiet. So but you, this, you, nothing you, has you happened. I'm telling happened. you, nothing has happened. Mm. Because I, from the I have read the document. I have read the document. I have read the document. I know the person who was indicted in a cruel investigation. Mm. That person is still walking free and talking every day. But you don't know what that I not, is. He has not been invited. I'm telling you, but I have my ears to the ground. You think if I'm official, no, but officially what I'm saying is that my brother here is saying that I should remind or inquire what is happening on the matter. No, because we see... The, you are not getting the point I'm making. Are that you? he's speaking and choosing. Yes. That, he's know. speaking and choosing what he publicly comes out to do. Because mm. if somebody is standing election, and even when Martin is saying the law is not too clear on jurisdiction, but my problem, it's not even on the jurisdiction. My problem is the evidence to prosecute. Mm. He himself came out and said that anytime he's going to court, the court is frustrating him. He's not a law unto himself. Mm. He needs to have evidence to prosecute in court. Mm -hmm. So when he, his frustration is that he's going to court and losing cases in court, and he's frustrated. So, so it's your point. So, yeah, so my point is that yeah, yeah. once that we have given him all the evidence, and he's not done it, he has not done anything about one. it. Meanwhile, there's one that he's even questioned on jurisdiction. But, but he, may, he may not hold Martin's view. He may think that he has jurisdiction. Well, that's and fine. As as but but the ones I gave, the one that we gave him, mm -hmm. Instep gave him, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He has jurisdiction. We've mm -hmm. petitioned him. Nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. so, so, so that's fine. We'll, we'll, invest, we'll, we'll, we'll probe that. But are you saying that because he has not done the yours, he shouldn't do this one too? No, I'm not saying he that. But I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I am beginning with a lot of things coming up recently on the special prosecutor mm -hmm. with the tall matter, with this matter, with other matters that we see him do. Mm -hmm. My question on this program is that what is modus operandi? Mm. Is it by petition? Is it by just him sitting there and seeing that, oh, something is going wrong here, That's I'm going to do it? And, and if it's by petition, is there an order? Mm. Who came first, first in, first out? Mm. Or some petitions are more better than the other? Mm. Because mine is a, a loss to the state of $36 million. Mm. Mm. Oh, we finished. Give me oh, I'll give you the documents right now. Yes. You. you understand? So yeah. that is the, the confusion here. Mm. What is, mm. the, what is mm. modus operandi? <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so Martin, is it yeah. in, in first come, first I mean, guest response fashion, huh? like he's asking, or he decides how your, he goes your, about your it, you know? No, not his friend necessarily. Yeah, goes, he goes so his friend. Not, it's not something I've seen mm. in the law, mm. so maybe administratively mm. we can uh, ask Mr. Mm. Kujopoku. That's why I say you should write to him. And you know, the good thing, Selom, is that you know, first until about September. The man had a staff strength of no more than 13. Yeah, and he just got about 240. So, yes, so, and yeah. that's even the official mm. thing, that 249 or so. But we don't even know the number that reported. Mm. So even let's say... Do you want me to tell you a story? When I first wrote to him, uh -huh. he said he didn't have letterheads. Uh -huh. So I should wait. Uh -huh. When he, he got let, he didn't, they said he didn't have letterheads. Uh -huh. I said, okay, fine. Uh -huh. That time he was in the cantonment office. Okay. Now... I got a reply with a very fine, shiny mm -hmm. letterhead. So mm -hmm. I realized that he's got a letterhead. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Because he wrote so to me. So he's working yes. work in progress. Uh -huh. In two years. So he, the, no, the numbers in two years. So, so that is why people. I'm saying that he's oh, gotten people. So now he's, he's in, gotten he's in motion. I have asked, you see, this thing. Good. Let me mention okay, this. Okay, so this one that you're saying, I should ask reminder. I have gone through channels to find out that if, the, and everybody's, oh, send it to me, I'll remind him. I've sent it to several people. Still yeah. nothing. Nine so I'll send it to you again. Yeah, me, I'll, oh, you can trust me no that problem. every week I'll mention because it. Because that LNR was $36 million. Yeah, because that's a lot of money. But look at this man, so chairman mm -hmm. Wuntumi, mm -hmm. the Galamse matter. So he's with him. He hasn't done you, anything. Yeah, Wuntumi is a public figure, but it hasn't gone ahead of yours. So let's give a bit. Let, let's make I, I, So it could I, mean I, that there are more uh -huh. issues. There are, I've heard so of other over, cases. So, so, then, so <coughs> if there are other cases, why are some of these ones getting fresh cases, so fresh cases just getting remember much that more? Attention. Because the tall one I mentioned, ah, right? So recently, as at last week, he wrote another letter to Tamayo Refinery to ask for this. So meanwhile, there are some cases that he seemed to be more interested in writing letters. No, yes, you gave all the documents. So you said you gave a big pile. Yeah, so there were there wasn't in two, much. In two years, uh -huh. nothing has happened. No, he just got the staff in September. Me, I think last year. Look, I would volunteer to ask for it. Let's you go. Know, he, he, Let's you know, he just follows it. I mean, uh, you know, okay, so now, now on the topic at hand, mm -hmm. I think that uh, is a good thing because, as my brother rightfully said, we need to up the bar in terms of what people think they can get away with. Mm. Code of conduct has been something that everybody has been talking about. I have a friend whose in-law became a governor in Nigeria. He was very excited to take a position. Mm -hmm. The brother-in-law gave him the code of conduct. That go and read, and tomorrow come and let's discuss mm -hmm. the position you want. The following day, the in-law came and said, my in-law, thank you, I don't want any position. Because <laughs> the code of conduct is very strict. And I think we need that in Ghana. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing that we've gotten to the point where we're going to get code of conduct. But we should be careful. You see, this particular case with the IP man, I don't know the evidence he has. He's been petitioned and he's investigating. I would have thought, as my brother said, that he would have privately invited him. 
and build him further to investigation. But when you publicly now make this grandiose um, announcement and arrest... Well, we don't also know that or whether he was invited you know, quietly after, for a number of times and he refused <coughs> to turn up. We don't no, also know what, that. What, what happened mainly was when he wanted to pick some documents up from the office, the style in which they went there. Mm. They went there in a Rambo style. And that's Maybe he's been invited many times and, and he's not... The invitation is gone. I mm. mean, he's there. But if you want to go and pick documents from his office, do it in a quiet... I'll ask for the documents. Okay, so there's... Ask him for documents and let him bring want it. a document yes. from that particular office. Yeah, from his office. So mm. if you want documents, ask for it and let him bring But you don't rush there as hey, if they are hiding something. No, if you say... You can ask for him for documents. Sometimes you can let you someone can go with him. Documents he has the authority to let someone go with him. Yeah. Pick the documents up. So he can't go and hide or burn any documents. But if you go there in a Rambo style, and if you are going there, and you ratchet, now, and Rambo's, they know where the document is. style mean? You know, gun that gang type but, of thing. No, but they just mean, went there. And we don't it's know not who, just, who made it public or who publicized it. It's the, the people at the office. Mm. Because oh, of the way they saw them the office coming in. supporters. And so once oh, they see on. that uh, OSP people are once come, you come in, up. Once you come in in a style that is not... But we don't know. I mean, we don't know that. They just came and in And that's what I'm telling you. That to see this the people there... No, they didn't just come in a car and said, I want to see this person. The way they drove in with all the, you know... The ammo cars yeah. that he's bought. Yeah. You know, it makes it. The ammo cars. But the ammo is important because corruption is a very let's dangerous thing. Please, 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 please. You will need that. Please, please, please. Don't justify something and use out. Let's hey. not start that conversation. The person of the ammo cars for a special prosecutor. No, the person of the person is not up for discussion anyway. But if you look at how the corruption thing is, it is not out of place for him to want extra in Ghana. for himself. Yes, no. extra security is not a problem. Yeah, but I mean, in, but in the no, 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 hold on. The attorney no. general, the attorney general mm -hmm. is here. The, 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 the chief justice, the chief is, justice is, there. is there. The CID, no, no, CID. corruption oh, no, no, the, 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 no, 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 but he's dealing with the The IGP. He's dealing with security chief. No, you see, these guys are, they work in the system. But this guy, he is the, the Yoko boss. The Yoko boss is there, right? Yoko boss is there. Doesn't even. But, but the, office, the special prosecutor is more involved in the day to day. Oh, yeah, my brother, what we are saying yeah, is that the special prosecutor yes. investigates certain things. Mm -hmm. Yoko boss investigates. Oh, all these bodies have been there, right? Yeah. Right. But the point but is that is have you used the office of the special prosecutor making an assassination attempt on any of these people? No, we don't know what will happen. But on OSP. But no, that's okay. I'm not talking about OSP. Assassination. If it has happened. Yeah, if it has happened yeah. before, yeah, my brother, you know let's, happen before. let's move on. You see, let's listen. You know what the policeman told me? We don't have to wait for it to happen. Before Some we policeman say he said that, Master, we both be afraid because police will be a giant boy. Master, so this one is to kill him. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Okay, we live in a country where. I am saying that. Let's not start that conversation mm. about Amokas. Very well. Very well. Let, 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 let's, let's go to Franklin. I know, I know Franklin's been listening quietly. Franklin, oh, I haven't come uh, in here too. Uh, no, of course. Uh, Franklin, I mean, if you are there, I don't know what you make of the whole um, arrest of the gentleman. The claim is that he was using NI, NEIP money for his private campaign, etc. You know, Martin is there with the legalities about whether the OSP, uh, by law, can do that or not. What, 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 what do you think that the socials will be I mean, running an election, he's faced this. Does it go to help him? Won't it disadvantage him in any way? Couldn't the OSP have done it in a, a better way? That will not disadvantage the person because he's innocent or presumed innocent until proven guilty. Well, it's unfortunate, though. Um, but what I want to find out really is, uh, did, did, the, did the OSP say that 
um, he suspects that he's using NEIP funds to... Yeah, I think that, that also came up. The OSP hasn't officially made, but that came up also in the discussion. So we were looking at all of that, you know, to... to at this stage, it's about uh, probably paying people that are mm -hmm. likely to vote in an election. Mm -hmm. And so probably need to know the source of that income. Mm. And I think that's where we should leave it at. Because mm. I'm not too sure about um, this whole charge about using public funds. Uh, if it is the case that we want to deal with campaign finance, which is a very important matter, by the way, do that. But I think we should be cautious how we uh, all of a sudden suggest that maybe he's used public funds. That I'm not too sure mm. of. But if it's the case that someone has lodged a complaint that uh, the gentleman involved has been sending money to persons. Um, well, because it's an election, yes, maybe the OSP is, is within his right to do so. Um, but I'm not too sure that we should cut that right, right now and say categorically that he has used an EIP fund. I think those matters would have to be determined. But I think clearly, for me, this issue about campaign finance is, is a much bigger issue that we need to deal with really. And I think... The incidents like this um, gives us opportunity to reflect and see what we can possibly do about it. It's, it's a real problem, but it's quite unfortunate. And I think that the OSP, by the way, you see, I think we, the OSP should not be the should not be the being and all of all issues related to corruption or acts of corruption. It looks to me that he becomes he's becoming overwhelmed. Really, I mean, these simple matters could be reported to the police or something like that. Maybe well, Yoko and the rest. But anyway, um, I suspect people, well, everybody wants the uh, OSP to be efficient. And so maybe this is why we are doing this. Perhaps that speaks to, the, to how people, the fact that they trust his office, they, they feel that he's effective. Because the police, I mean, the CID has been there be forever. Fair, and, and to be, fair, people the OSP that, to be but, fair, the OSP does not necessarily need to have eventual resource mm. to, be, to be effective. The, the fact that he's seen in the act of trying to, you know, do something in itself is work. Mm -hmm. um, so somehow, somehow, I also did not necessarily want to be hard on him to show results right now, except that he has to be seen to be a bit more fair and probably a bit more, you know, um, the white professional has been called into question again mm -hmm. about how he does some of these things. I'm not too sure this warranted the kind of arrest style, if it indeed does what really happened. I'm not too sure it does. But in any case, I will not fault him for not necessarily returning any real success right now, except to say that uh, we live in a country that is very, you know, there, there's a lot of ESC. And so you need to be very cocksure before you actually accuse someone of doing something uh, on tour, especially in this case where it involves public money. Very well. Um, so, Alfred, um, yeah. what, what, how much do you know about this? And, and, and you think the Office of the Special Prosecutor is doing a great job? Um, well, this office, definitely he has to work hard and definitely um, people will have to hear about him. I mean, once he's doing something. But um, when you come into my circles, people feel that uh, there are so many things that he should have been working on and he's like targeting government officials more than any other thing. So it brings the, uh, my, that, what the my brother is saying. That's that, the job. That, that's where the responsibility is. No, you see, there are, but there are other things that let us hear what is going on. Like what could you just say? Like what? Okay. That, I mean, he's written to him since 2021. 2021. Mm. 20, 20, 20, mm. And he hasn't but, responded. But he in, in you see, August. Now, this guy that you are going after only made his mind. If, 
early December when I was even speaking to him, mm. he said he wasn't, he didn't want to go for the elections because the album was tainted. Mm. The, 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 the certain MP has skewed it towards his people. Mm. And so he didn't even trust in the album. So anything that he's done or anything that any help he's given to people, he's given to them on the, a job that he's doing, that mm. people have applied for. And definitely, once you're coming from a place, people will apply. I mean, you know what um, NEIP does? They've done over um, some presidential pitch, about 30 finalists were there. They've done trained over 25,000 um, people in innovative agricultural practices. He's done 10,000 youth and training business development in um, partnership with YEA. So many other things that he's done. Trained 10,000 people in light manufacturing. Even when you go to the prisons. They are training people at the prisons to do light manufacturing. Mm. So it tells you that he's working. Mm. So if anyone associates him, that from the 27th, when he decided to, okay, let me pick a form and go and contest to date that he's giving someone something. I mean, it, it, you ask yourself, what is really going on? Mm. And this um, thing, I, I was glad that earlier on Kojo mentioned it, this logistics and vote buying. We should be very careful about how, what we call vote buying, and what we give to people that, listen, Christmas, I can decide that people in my constituency, they are working hard. I decide mm. to buy them Christmas presents. Is it vote buying? Mm. You see, so we should be very careful. The mere fact that maybe I'm going for an election doesn't mean that because I give them something already, I shouldn't give them. But the timing of that is important, isn't it? That is why I said the mere fact that I'm going for an election doesn't mean that because I give them something already, because I'm going for an election, I shouldn't give them. Mm. People give people gifts. That doesn't mean that they are, vote, they are buying their votes. Mm. So we should be extra cautious. And it comes to the, this thing that um, Franklin himself is saying that, listen, we should see how political parties are being funded and all these things. We should sit down and look at it holistically and see that, listen, either political parties will be funded because very soon we'll be sitting down and anyone from anywhere can come and decide that, listen, I've got some monies and I want to stand for president or I want to stand for MP or I want to stand for anything. You don't know where the money is coming from. And people are not questioning about that. Mm. They are source of funding. Where your money is coming from for, even, for you to even go and stand for that, that's anything. What, that's what OSP is trying to do. Is that what he's really trying, trying to do? To or someone reported him that, listen, yes, so I, um, he's using um, mm -hmm. his office money mm -hmm. to fund um, mm -hmm. or so give the source. Christmas that, gifts. Checking the source. That is why I said that when going for the documents, mm -hmm. be careful how you go about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Because you let people talk. Mm -hmm. This thing could have been done quietly and no one would even hear about it. Mm. But the way and manner in which you approach some of these things, the people out there will start talking. Mm. And Very it will well. let us come and discuss this when we can do other things that will bring uh, money on the table for Martin Pebo and his... Mm. People are Very angry. Well. So, so, so Martin, are angry. just five seconds on, on, yes. on, yeah, on the way forward. Yeah, so... Yeah, so by all means, let the investigations go on and then let the case go to court so that we'll see. And then let me clarify something. Like Franklin, that's how we're discussing. So it's good you raised that point. We are, we are so far not talking about the source of the money, right? That, that means and cancer was sending to the, uh, the, the, delegates. the delegates. We are talking about the fact of what? Bribery in party primaries. Is it a crime? Is it an electoral offense? That's so what we are discussing. Yes, so, sorry to be both, mm. because he does corruption and then public elections too. Mm. Yes, well. also bribery. Very well. Thanks so much. Um, bribery in uh, public elections. Th thanks so, so much. Uh, uh, that's uh, it. Uh, a few of your comments before we go. Exactly, exactly no matter how, exactly no matter how, or no matter how much tax we collect, if we continue to pour it into leaking pot, 
we are going go. nowhere. Harold, mm -hmm. send that in. Uh, Kojo Fuku is just making MPP propaganda. That's Kojo in La Paz. Uh, do our <laughs> leaders sincerely believe Ghana can be prosperous? I do not think so because they do not do things that suggest so. Uh, that's Kipo in the Savannah region. Uh, good morning to you and your panelists. Uh, Nanado and Bamiya government hasn't added, hasn't added zero megawatt to our power capacity yet. Clay Muhammad didn't address the power challenge. That's Michael Abori from being Duri. Politicians are not perfect, but I can say Muhammad is better than Akufado. And that's from Zalib Duane in London. All right, so this is how we conclude today's edition of the program. My name is Salam Adunu. My guests um, have been Kojo Poku, executive director, um, Institute of Energy Policies and Research, Eli Head Edward Bauer, MP for Bongo, Alfred Thompson, who is just uh, asking for one minute, uh, member of the MPP Communications team and former deputy MD NIB. Eli, I also heard Francis Boy, uh, Timor, task consultant, and Franklin Kujo, president of Imani Africa. Again, my name is Salam Adunu. Thanks so much for being with us. Catch you same time again next week. Have a good afternoon.